activity and it's helped secure numerous fines, penalties and prosecutions. Four people have been rescued from a fire in Hitchin this morning. Firefighters used ladders to get three people from the top floor of the house in Coleridge Close. A fourth person was rescued from the ground floor. Campaigners say they'll hold a vigil outside Luton Police Station every month until they get justice for Leon Briggs. The 39-year-old had been detained under the Mental Health Act but later died in hospital. Leon's friend, Terry McGrath, was at last night's vigil. The only way the police will gain any confidence in us is by bringing somebody to justice. Keeping up the pressure, we've got a vigil going, we're doing this once a month. The main thing is now is waiting for the results of you know, uh, the second autopsy. An inquest will open today into the death of a 70-year-old woman who was stabbed to death in Luton. Mary Evans died inside her car in Trent Road on the 18th of November. Her brother-in-law, 56-year-old John Evans, who lives in Trent Road, has been charged with her murder. The Home Secretary, Theresa May, is to tell an EU meeting in Brussels today that Britain wants to change the rules governing the free movement of people across the European Union. She's expected to suggest member states should be able to impose a cap once levels of immigration reach a certain level. A 16-foot Christmas tree put up to raise money for a terminally ill child has been stolen in High Wycombe. 500 pupils from Disraeli School were due to sing by the tree next week. Raj Chandarana, who put the tree outside... We dug it out and, um, and they've, they've taken it. And in football, Wycombe Wanderers drew two all against Portsmouth in League Two last night. The weather starting off bright but becoming increasingly windy with outbreaks of rain this afternoon and a high of 9 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Very quaint sort of uh, Hertfordshire market town. Very pretty, very old-fashioned, decent sort of nice place. All this week in Hitchin. Lots of people that I knew from my childhood that still live around Hitchin. People are friendly, there's great shops around. It's not a faceless concrete jungle like so many modern towns. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Hitchin. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I can help you out if you want. Okay, right. Well, let's. let's this is what's coming up. This is what I've got written in front of me. Okay, and Catherine can fill in the uh, ample blanks. <laughs> I believe lots of this has been redacted. Coming up: dash cams, cobbles, and comets. Dash cams, little cameras you put on your dashboard. Apparently, it's the way forward because we can't expect the police to look out for us anymore. There's a Milton Keynes website that's asking us to send our evidence of road rage and general road hoggery to them. Cobbles. Cobbles, they look nice. They've been around since the 15th century. They're great for drainage, but they're not great for wheelchairs. We'll speak to one hitching man who wants them out, despite the fact it may spoil the look of the town centre. And comets. I think I might have seen one. I don't even need to turn up for this. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or, 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 give me a phone call. I wait for, isn't that sweet? I wait four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. The co- lots of, lots to talk about today. Well, I want to talk about, not, not specifically about Nigella and, uh, and Saatchi, but because it's an ongoing case, but the, the, what's happening is pretty unpleasant, isn't it? It looks as if one of them is trying to destroy the other. There's, there's a lot of slinging of mud in court. I hope they've got the wipe down walls. I, I want to ask this morning, can you ever have 
a friendly divorce, a friendly split up, even because it's it, it seems to be very very messy. And however much people say, oh no no, we're going to be we're going to do this nice and friendly. Let's not let's not go. It, it always seems to end up nasty, doesn't it? I've been dumped in the past, and I must admit, back then, maybe it's because I was a teenager. I probably would have liked to have ground him into the dust. There you go. You see, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. And on the subject of cobbles, Kelly, could you turn the lights on, please? Otherwise, you're going to be fired. Thank you. And the others. And the others. That's it. Out. So rude. On the subject of cobbles, I'm going to ask a qu- I'm going to ask a question a bit later on. I'm not going to ask it now. I'm going to ask a question a bit later on that I've been umming and ahhing about all night. Can I ask this question on the radio? I think I can. But I'll do it a bit later on. We'll, we'll need a run-up to it, because I, I suspect it will upset one or two of you. I don't know. Or maybe you'll all agree with me. 08459 four double five five double five. Now, it seems there's never a police officer around when you really need one. You know when you're in the car and that driver who cut you, out, uh, cut you up on the roundabout objected to you beeping and he's now pulling over and flicking his fingers at you and he's getting out of his car! What I do when that happens, because it does—it seems to happen to me quite a lot—is um, I pretend to um, uh, phone the police. I make a real big thing of going nine, nine, nine. Hello, yes, I'm being. St- There's a madman. I do that. Well, there may be a way around it. Website developers in Milton Keynes think they have the answer. Policewitness.com. They're encouraging motorists to fit cameras onto their dashboard so they can record instances of road hoggery or even worse and then upload it to the website, which will then alert the police. Matt Stockdale is chairman of policewitness.com. Morning, Matt. How did this website come about? Good morning. Uh, Well, I became aware of the fact that tens of thousands of motorists were already recording their journeys. Um, And the main reason is to protect their insurance or motoring costs. When you consider that... Even an innocent bump um, you know, on the drive home or the, or the drive into work could cost you your excess or your no-claims bonus or, or and indeed see a, pr- a premium rise. We also became aware that, <clears throat> that folk would want to do their civic duty, which is when you see someone driving dangerously or if you have been a victim of um, road rage, that you can actually do something about it. But without evidence, the police uh, can do nothing. And having done frontline policing myself, the amount of times that I heard people say, oh, I don't know why I bother, the police do nothing. Well, the reason they do nothing is because they haven't got any evidence. However, by fitting a, a affordable dash cam in your car, you can record your journeys. You know, the device will start up as you uh, turn the ignition, and you just forget about it until you need it most. How much do these devices cost? They vary um, enormously. Um, anything from, you know, hundred pounds to three, four hundred pounds. It, it's like any product you buy. You have the sort of the entry level right up to you know, the all singing and dancing. Now, policewitness.com, We were looking at that yesterday and today. You, you don't up- upload the videos to that, do you? You upload them to YouTube. Is that right? That's right. It's, yeah, we put the we advise the members to put them up to YouTube, and that allows various forces to access the the information or the evidence directly. Otherwise, we're, we're pushing around discs and uh, uh, other media, and that just isn't practical. So. Well, I was, I was going to ask, why would people necessarily need to use your, your website when they could upload it themselves and, and, and send the link or send a, an MP4 or whatever it's called these days, or a DVD? What, what, what's the benefit of using your website? Well, the main benefit being is if, if, if today you had an incident that you did catch on your in-car camera, uh, you'd be invited into a police station uh, to discuss it. Unfortunately, you'd probably wait for a number of hours until an officer becomes free, 
and depending on the workload of the officer and even the experience and skill of that officer, you may be told, I'm afraid there's nothing we can do. Now, we are experts in what we do. Um, my business partner is the ex-assistant chief constable of North Ants Police. And you know, combined, we have a, many decades of policing experience. And as such, we have now a proven track record of holding bad drivers to account. Police forces all around the country have been dishing out remedies that the public have, have brought about, ranging from fines and points on their licenses through to vehicle seizure warnings, uh, compulsory retraining, and even drivers banned from driving. Mm. And that's without a police officer in sight. This is the public doing this. We're just a conduit to help the public assist the police. Tell me about this incident in Bletchley. Well, I mean, there's a prime example. Uh, We've got a a number of driving instructors who have dash cams in their car. And this particular driving instructor who's who's based in, in Milton Keynes doing a, a lesson with her with her pupil and in Bletchley she witnesses the pair of them witness uh, a road rage incident and two construction workers climb out of a vehicle and be, begin to uh, kick and punch someone's vehicle hurl abuse at them okay. and without that evidence those two individuals would have got away with it now the warning to those who do flout the law and you know drive like idiots and put other people's lives in danger or indeed jump out of their vehicles and cannot control themselves. You've got to be careful. There is dash cams everywhere. And you're, you know, these particular two in Bletchley, unfortunately, um, they weren't charged with any motoring offences. They were actually charged under the um, uh, Public Order Act. Um, so that they've now been issued with you know, you know, penalty notice for public order. What's so in it? You just think you know long and hard before they get involved in road rage. What's in it for you, Matt? How do you make money out of this? Uh, we're a, um, a membership service. We steer consumers towards reputable brands of um, dash cams, and we bundle our service in with that. And uh, it, do you think it's sad that it's come to this? No, I don't think so. I think dash cams have been around for a long, long, long time. Um, there is a growing trend uh, in this country. In fact, countries all around the world, I think Russia, for example, over 50% of motorists use dash cams in their cars. And that's to prove to their insurers when uh, there is a crash for cash or flash for cash or even a pedestrian jumping out deliberately in front of them to claim uh, personal injury insurance, um, they can prove it wasn't their fault. Uh, and unfortunately, in a society where we have uh, you know, this multicultural uh, benefit, that we also have the, the negatives of a multicultural society, which is all the scams that come. So things that happen in Russia are already happening here. We've recently notified the Association of Insurers to be mindful that pedestrian stroke vehicle um, impacts or alleged impacts uh, are on the rise. Um, People do need to be very, very careful. Matt, I appreciate your time this morning. Matt Stockdale, chairman of policewitness.com. What have you think? I've seen lots of cyclists recently with these little um, cams, cams, cameras on their heads or on the front of their bikes. Have you got a camera in your car? Does it have an effect? Does it make you feel safer? Do you think it's a little bit sad that we need to go around filming each other? An infringement of your civil liberties. 08459... Four double five, five double five. Here's one of the greatest forgotten songs of the sixties. Up at eight, you can't be late for Matthew and son. He won't wait. 
watch them run down the platform one and the 8.30 train to Matthew and Son. Radio. There's a question coming up about cobbles and wheelchairs in a bit that I've been pondering about whether I should ask or not. I think I'm going to. Uh, you, you may want to hear it and you may have an answer for it. We'll talk about it in a little bit. But before that, let's get the latest travel news with Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The M25 anti-clockwise already looking slow after Junction 25 for Enfield near the roadworks. In Sawbridge Worth, Harlow Road is closed in both directions between Redricks Lane and Hands Lane after a serious accident earlier on. And there are some roadworks in High Wycombe to watch out for starting today. Chapel Lane is closed in both directions uh, from the A40 up to Gillett's Lane. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alan. So. 6.16, it's Thursday the 5th of December. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A company in Milton Keynes is encouraging people to video road incidents as evidence for police. <clears throat> Excuse me. Millions more people could have to wait until they're 68 to receive a state pension. In football, it was two all for Wickham Wanderers against Portsmouth in League Two last night. The weather today, starting off bright but clouding over with rain this afternoon becoming windy. Wasn't it cold this morning? It was the first frosty car window day I've had. Not ever, obviously. I mean, you get the point, yes. BBC Three Counties Radio. On Saturday, all five of our teams are back in action. In the league, Watford face another difficult task away to Leeds. And some pounds, Watford's misery. And Luton travel to Alfreton. To Andre Gray, who lashes it in. 
It's also FA Cup second round there across Beds, Hearts and Bucks as Wickham, MK Dons and Stevenage all have home ties and hope to reach the all-important third round. Fantastic strike by Matt McClure. Held it past the wall, into the net. Squirts in under the goalkeeper and we've got a bright spark in the game. Hear your local team in Three Counties Sport, Saturday from 2, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Here's another cracking song. feeling the music today. Boy, oh boy. Don't forget tomorrow, if I remember, I may, I may forget, Justin. You know what I'm like. I'm an old man. But tomorrow, I may bring in some uh, some of these uh, seven inches that I bought oh. the other week. I'll see what I can dig out. You are getting me very excited, boss. Oh, Jay Dog, yeah. it's what I like to do. It's what I like to do. Oh, I know. I, I know. like to tease you and excite you. The, the, after uh, seven o'clock, let's talk about your show on Saturday, and uh, let's give that a plug. But before that, uh, it's uh, the big tour in Three Counties Radio. It's three weeks into its big tour. It's a chance for us to get out and about and find out what matters to people living in specific towns across this area. This week, it's Hitchin, where there are calls for the removal of one of the town centre's most traditional features. Now, if you've been there, 
as I know lots of you have, or if you live there, or if you use it regularly, you'll want, you'll want to have your say on this. 08459 455 555. Cobbles. They've been used for paving in this country since the 15th century. They're hard-wearing, less prone to puddles, and let's be honest, they just look not They look nice, don't they, Just? I think they do. I've got to be honest, I've always liked cobbled streets, but that's just my opinion. But not everyone is happy with them. I, I, I know that some uh, mums and dads with buggies, although the kids seem to enjoy it, <laughs> but people in wheelchairs it's led to some people call, uh, calling for something less posh and more practical. Now, Justin, you've been out with uh, Malcolm Males, haven't you? I have. I've been out to uh, Hitchin Market Square with Malcolm and his wife Susan, who's in a wheelchair. And it's not just the cobbles, to be fair. It's it's the whole of the town centre. They feel that they are being let down by the council. So I went out yesterday with Malcolm and Susan to, to experience the problems they've been having in the town. And here's what happened. Well... It jolts my missus around left, right and centre. Sometimes we'll be come across... It might only be a small dent in the pavement to, to most people that are able-bodied and can walk, but it will stop the wheels dead. Stop them completely dead. If, if I go across the cobble, she sounds like a Dalek if you're talking to her and she answers you back. Really? Yeah, it's... it's, um, it's <laughs> It's, it's comical, and we do laugh about it sometimes, but it's getting beyond a joke now. Have you complained to the council before? Yep. No point. No point. You, 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 they just send back uh, a letter with some platitude uh, that says that they've spent so much on it. But other town centres are far superior to this. How does that make you feel? If you're saying to me, don't bother... You're somebody who lives in this town, who loves this town, but yeah. you feel like you're being ignored by your local council. How does that make you feel? Uh, it makes me feel like everybody else, because everybody's being ignored. They must be, because everybody that I know of moans about it. Everybody that I've met knows about it. Is it an arrogance, would you say? No, I think it's not an arrogance. I don't just think they don't care. OK. Well, let's go for a walk around the town now. Oh, you're going to love this. Well, she's being jogged about now. Uh, you come across... Off of the worst part of the paving and onto another bit of uneven paving. It's very bumpy, isn't it? <coughs> yep. It's not good. It's not good for anybody. So how do you feel in that wheelchair? Because to me it looks like you're being thrown about all over the place. Well, when I was on my own, I refused to come up this way. Let's see how you get on crossing the road. If you come on a weekend or a Sunday, the place is, there's cars everywhere and you've got to cross where you can find a gap. Today there's not too many of these things, these sandwich boards around as well, because they put those absolutely everywhere. Uh, I mean, there's five or six in sight now. On essentially, a... what you're saying is it's a no-go area oh. for somebody in a wheelchair. It's, it's awful. I mean, all the sh- most of the shops um, have got steps in, like, like the one here. You, you look down there, you've got two-inch, four-inch step. So where are we going next? I'll take you down the high street, which is... Uh, Anti-disable, if you want to say. So here's the last piece. We're on the, the main high street. How would you describe this to our listeners, Malcolm? Unmaintained. Unmaintained to the point of being dangerous. Uh, there are rocky, rocky pavings. There's tarmac field holes where they couldn't maintain it properly. Even the point where you come to some of the drain covers that have been broken, their idea of repairing that is to fill it with tarmac. Obviously, the cobbles look nice, but in an ideal world, this particular part of the high street's not even cobbled. But uh, would you want those cobbles taken out? Yeah. Removed and put down with flat paving, as they've done in just about every town centre that isn't a third world one. But would it not look as nice, though? It would look lovely. Baldock looks beautiful. Letchworth looks lovely. Royston is gorgeous. We've got 
17th century paving in a modern town. And they think it's nice. No. Find a word yourself, Sue. Um, I've seen the problems that you're experiencing both on the cobble streets and the high street here. I can guarantee you, because we're doing this feature, they know we are doing this feature, the local council. What is your direct message to them? What would you like to say to them right now on this programme? Get the town sorted, just like Letchworth. Well, Justin, it's very interesting what was uh, being said there. Mm. Uh, and they obviously, they struggled a lot with the wheelchair. They did. You know, I, I saw that firsthand. I had to go yesterday to to, to see the problems they're experiencing. Um, I saw Susan in the wheelchair and on the cobbles in particular, she was rocking left to right. It wasn't a pleasant experience for her. But <clears> what <throat> I would say, in my opinion, the cobbles look great. And I think it's what makes Hitchin Sound Centre so special. I didn't see any other wheelchair users there that would maybe suggest two things that that maybe this is just one couple who are not happy or what you could say to flip the coin that that people who are wheelchair users do not use that area because they feel uncomfortable here's the the, the question i've been struggling with all night as to whether i can ask this or not and i'm i'm, I'm going to mm. okay is it time that people in wheelchairs accepted they just can't go everywhere that some places they're not meant for wheelchairs and that they can't go. And, and while I'm, you know, I, I think accessibility is an important thing, we can't rip out 15th century cobbles just for some people, a few, a minority of people yeah. who use wheelchairs. Do wheelchair users have to accept that they just can't go everywhere? It's a very tricky question. To, to some people, it could be a, a highly offensive question, but I think it needs to be asked this morning because, as I mentioned again, for me, Hitchin is a very special town centre. I think a lot of people, I could be wrong here, but a lot of people this morning will be gasping, gasping at the thought of anybody removing those cobbles because it is part of the character mm. of that town centre. Yes, we know that, that wheelchair users are going to have problems in the market square on the cobbles, but is it really worth ripping? them out because a few people are uncomfortable. As harsh as that may sound, I think a lot of people would want to keep them. Well, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Uh, j Dog, I know you've got a very busy morning this morning. Yeah. What are you up to? Where are you off to? Going to be off to uh, Greenfield. We've been tipped off uh, Greenfield and Bedfordshire. It's had a, a few problems with the road markings. Oh, uh, yes. The road markings have changed, and apparently they are very dangerous. So I'm off to uh, Greenfield uh, right now. And this is the thing. It's not that they've not officially changed, have they? This is... Um Someone's just gone out with a can of paint or something. From what we've been told, uh, the email we have received, somebody's gone out with a, a can of paint overnight. They've changed things, and okay. uh, it's particularly dangerous. Very near to a school as well, so I shall be uh, looking into that this morning for you. Justin, thank you very much, and we'll g- give your Saturday show a plug a little bit later after 7 o'clock. So there we go. Is it time that we accepted that people in wheelchairs... You can't go everywhere. You can't go everywhere. We can't rip the cobbles out of a town centre, can we? 08459 I'm, I'm all for accessibility and accessible buses, and I think it's a, uh, outrageous that there are only what, half a dozen tube stations in London that, that, that people in wheelchairs can use. But, 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 don't we have to accept that people in wheelchairs, they just can't go everywhere? That there are some places, uh, however, um, you know, the, the divisionist it may appear, they just can't go. Or if they want to go, it's going to be difficult and slightly uncomfortable. Is that fair? 
Or is that a bit cold? 08459 455 555. We'll put that up on Facebook as well. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's coming up to 6.29. Let's get the latest travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Clockwise looking slow already after Junction 25 for Enfield. In Sawbridgeworth, Harlow Road is closed in both directions between Redricks Lane and Hand Lane after an accident. On the speed sensors, the A505 approaching Luton is looking slow at the moment. And some roadworks to watch out for, the A418 is closed around Aylesbury between Stone and Dinton. You should expect delays there, especially at peak times. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gossip, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Jane Killick. The Chancellor is expected to tell millions of people they'll have to wait longer before they can claim a state pension. George Osborne's expected to use his autumn statement to say that the retirement age will be raised for those in their 40s or younger. A company in Milton Keynes is encouraging motorists to take the law into their own hands by filming incidents they may come across. Policewitness.com says they can pass on video evidence to the police. People who use wheelchairs in Hitchin are calling for cobbles to be removed from the town centre and replaced with flat paving. They say some areas, like the high street, aren't disabled-friendly and it's making getting around difficult. The weather, a windy day, starting bright and breezy, with showers this afternoon and a high of 9 Celsius. On to sport and the second Ashes test is underway in Adelaide and an unchanged Australia won the toss. England handed a test debut to all-rounder Ben Stokes in place of Jonathan Trott who left the tour last week with a stress-related illness. Spinner Monty Panassar was chosen ahead of seamer Chris Tremlett. A short time ago, Australia were 205 for four. On to football, and in League Two, Wickham picked up a point on the road as they drew two all against Portsmouth last night. Matt McClure and Anthony Stewart scored for the chairboys. Wickham manager Graham Ainsworth had mixed thoughts on the performance and result. I'm elated that we got the draw, but I'm I'm uh, I'm angry that we played like we did second half. You know, we we bossed the first half after the first five ten minutes when it was end to end high ball. Once the ball came on the floor in the first half, I thought we had the better of the play. And, uh, and deservedly went in front. We could have had a couple more. Uh, and there wasn't much reply from Portsmouth, you know. And then at half-time, obviously, they made the change. I thought David Connolly was superb for them tonight. Um, and they, they camped out in our second in, in our half-second half. Last night in the Premier League, Arsenal were 2-0 winners at home to Hull. Liverpool thrashed Norwich 5-1. Chelsea won 4-3 away to Sunderland. Man United lost 1-0 at home to Everton. And Manchester City won 3-2 away against West Brom. And the UK snooker championship in York, Ronnie O'Sullivan is through to the quarterfinals after he thrashed Robert Milkins 6-0. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at 7. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Is your aircon? It's making me cough. I'm not going to. Stop looking at me like that. Have a little cough, cough. <laughs> no. You just walked in here, and I've seen you in the, in the studio next door with Kelly. You, you fine, and you walk in here. It's it's a bit colder in here, and your aircon's up quite high. 
you said and that I've you, got a tickle coming so can you play a track I will do I'm going to play The Only Ways Up by Yaz in a second but um, <laughs> you're I'm right? trying to hold it in just let it out no. better out than in <laughs> oh no you, you, you said that you might be allergic to me <laughs> that's what you said yeah wow I think I might be okay do you want to hear about my comet not really no. <coughs> oh you swine
Rivers is 53 years old. I don't know why that strikes me as odd. Just makes me feel older. Well, uh, you, <laughs> you don't need much help for that. Outrageous. Let's be honest, we're all past it, apart from her next door. Me? Yeah, you're, you're still like 15 or something, aren't you? I will always be 15. OK, yeah. well, well done you. whoop de doo you. Hope I'm there when life's disappointment hits a smack in the face. What I'm... What, <laughs> what is annoying me is that, um, and I've only just realised this, is that Kelly Betts refers to you and I as mum and dad. I know. You, you do parental things. That make me think. Well, well for example, Kath for and I sleep example, in separate rooms, so that's something, yes. For example... Kath was eating a cereal bar yeah. and gave me half. Yeah. And I said, thanks, Mum. And then I said, oh, oh, are we out of tea bags, Kelly? I'll buy some more tomorrow. And you went... <laughs> thanks, Dad. You see? Oh, do you, you know what? You look after me, it's nice. Laugh it up, Kelly, because one day it'll be you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I think it's nice. I don't think it's... I, I love it. I don't want to be a dad to a, a 20-something-year-old girl. Can I have some pocket money? Oh, for no. I turned me off and kept her on. <laughs> in ma- old age, yes, thank you very much indeed. Uh, it's time to have a quick look at the papers. If you yeah. want to join in, you're more than welcome to. 08459 455 555. Someone's calling now. I bet you're fiver. It's Dennis, one of the Dennises. Do you it'd, be, it'd be one of the Dennises, yes. It might be John. You too, it might be. You start. Go on, what have you got? Well, it's Nigella all over oh the front dear, pages. Oh Every single one. Uh, let me see. She's on the front. Yeah, every single one that we've got here. She looks very the front page of the mail. She looks very striking, doesn't she? She's done her makeup and her hair. She's done well. She must have known. Yeah. I mean, I, it's just um, this is what she's saying on the Independent: drugs, bullying, and my husband's bid to destroy me. Nigella bites back. Yeah. Uh, it's just so nasty, isn't it? It, it is. This is nasty. a case about someone potentially having um, claimed money on a credit card that they weren't entitled to, but suddenly it's not really about. It's not them about anymore, that, is it? is it at all? That the, the, the two Italian women are kind of pushed to the side, and it's it's, it's about. The, I don't want to talk specifically about this, although there are you know incredible revelations. We'll talk about it when the course is, the case is done, maybe. But it we kind of got us thinking. Can you ever have? This isn't about the divorce specifically, but it, it, it's heading that way. Can you ever have an amicable divorce? Can it ever work? Because they're, they're always, they always, whenever people say, oh, you know, we're going to get divorced, but don't worry, we're going to, it'll be nice, we'll, we'll, we'll do, um, you know, still care for you. It never turns out that way, does Unless it? Unless you've just gone off each other, yep. there's going to be ill feeling there, isn't there? 08459 455 555. Can we, I, I bet there isn't anybody listening to this who has had a divorce or, or a, a, a split from a long-term relationship that has gone well. It, even if there are kids, maybe even more so if there are kids involved. Because there's jealousies and the kids preferring one over the other. I also want wonder whether there are any grown-ups listening who realised halfway through the slanging match that actually they were parents to somebody and they'd have to keep in contact afterwards and what they were doing now would make a massive difference to the children. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five years ago when I was going out with a girl and we were kind of, it was kind of going through tough times and, and the end was in sight but we said we had this one of those the kind of lovey-dovey moments in between arguments where we said right listen so the next time we're having an argument let's just remember we love each other and let's just let's let's one of us will just kiss the other one and that that will break that will break the argument spell. We had a massive argument a couple of days later and I thought I'm gonna go for it. I went for it and she slapped me. Oh didn't work. Didn't work. Who's that on the line? I knew it. Dennis. Yeah, you can tell from that that's the, the, the dry lips as they part, the saliva stuck between those old man lips as it just cracks open, a little bit of white spittle either side of the mouth. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Dennis. You don't give me to anybody. <laughs> you leave, you leave Ke- Kelly alone. She's going to be my great granddaughter. I don't, I don't think that it makes works you our like... dad. Okay. Right. Or granddad. Great granddad. Oh my goodness. Well, look, Ian's he's he's old enough to be my grandson. 
It beggars belief, doesn't it? It doesn't beggar belief. I'm telling you the truth. What, you're in a grumpy mood today, Dennis. I'm not in a grumpy mood. I was going to say to you, I agree with you what you were saying about the wheelchairs. Yes. Oh, There's go on. There's got to be some limitation. Otherwise, the world will be flat. Do we, do we have to accept, do, do, well, do we, do people in wheelchairs have to accept that they just can't go everywhere? Certainly, yes. We do as much as we can for them, but they were talking about that particular street, and they were saying that uh, some of the steps into the shops were two inches high. Well, does that mean we've got to lower the shops, or have we got to put ramps up everywhere? I, I thought uh, that, they had, that, that every shop had to have a ramp. I thought so too. But I have been, uh, my mum's in a wheelchair, and I have been to places in London, in that there London, where there's been a big step, and we said, oh, can you get the ramp? We don't have a ramp. So I don't know if that's breaking the law or not. Yes, I think it, it's not too expensive for every shop to buy a little metal ramp. It's going to no. cost you 20 quid, 30 quid. That, that, should, be, that should be easy to, uh, to, to sort out. But things like cobbles, and I, I guess the London Underground to a certain extent, a lot of the stations anyway, maybe people in wheelchairs just have to accept that they can't go there. Is it cruel to say that, Dennis? No, I don't think it is. And incidentally, cobbles, I'm a Mancunian, the place is full of cobbles. They were called sets. We didn't call them cobbles, we called them sets. OK, now listen, you're from Manchester. Catherine, you're from up that yeah, way as well, I aren't am, you? Yeah. I'm really sorry to hear that for both of you. But, <laughs> page three of the Daily Mail... <coughs> sorry. A up, how we're all speaking like Southerners now. So, I'm going to... I'll put this to you first, Dennis. <coughs> oh, dear. I'll put, I hope you're getting all these coughs, Kelly. I'll put this to you first, Dennis. I'm yep. giving you a round... Um, it's kind of like a circular, round piece of bread... Yes. ..that you would cut open, and yeah. you would probably put a bit of cheese and a bit of pickle in there. What would you call that round piece of bread? A round piece of bread? Oh, Muppets. What would you, so you'd go, into a, you'd go into Greg's and say, can I have five of your, your crusty round pieces of bread, would you? Right, no. What you'd ask for is a, a, a muffin or something like that. Balm cake, surely. Balm cake, yes, is, that's right. I, I, I've never eaten the thing because I'm not a great friend. See, I would never consider saying a muffin or a balm cake. That means you're, that's the northwest. Mm -hmm. You see, the 14% 14 from the northwest would say balm cake, 5% would say muffin. Yeah, from Diggle. Diggle muffins. <laughs> I call it a roll. Right. Well, I know what you mean. Well, you can carry on calling it that. Well, I'm using... on Coronation Street. I'm using the right word. I'd call it a roll if I was feeling posh. What about a bap? Well, again, that's another northern thing. Yeah. That's northern general, you see, according to this in the Daily, Ma oh, in the right. mail. Daily Mail knows. 36% of people would call it a roll. That's m mostly from the south. That's the proper word, obviously, then. 18% from the north would call it... Uh, mostly from the north would call it a bap. 16% would call it a bun. That's the northern word. A bun. Wouldn't call it a, a bun. Yeah. Uh, have you got any buns, Greg? <laughs> Greg, I'd like a bun, please. <laughs> 14% of you weirdos would call it a balm cake. Yeah. Would you, would you ever call it a cob? A uh, crusty cob, yeah. <laughs> You're speaking a foreign language! Dennis? How can it be a roll if the damn thing won't roll? Dennis, thank you very much Quite indeed. <laughs> is that it? Is that the test of northernness? That's the, what well, you call a balm cake? Yes. Traditionally, a sandwich shop is a pretty good place to work out where someone is from. Do they order a roll, a bap or a balm? Um, I remember when we first moved here, my school friends making great fun of me, um, calling my sandwich, oh, what do you call it, a lunchbox? A butty box. What do you mean, what do you call it, a lunchbox? That's the... Is it, we are, a lunchbox. Yeah, that's what we call it. A butty box. You'd call it a butty box. <laughs> hey, our mum, where's our butty box? And they also laughed at me because I said, 
didn't get any pocket money unless I washed the pots. <laughs> do you wash the pots or do you side the pots? Eh? What? Mm? Siding the pots is... is Siding uh, them? Yeah. What would you side them? Oh, I'll go to the foot of our stairs and side the pots. <laughs> hey, our kid. Hey, our kid. Here's your butty box. I'll go and side the pots at foot of our stairs, our kid. That's how it, what it's like, isn't it? In your house to this day. Yeah. Very, very similar. Oh, wait, 459, 455, 505. Thank you. Oh, I didn't tell you about the, the thing I saw in the sky. Oh, <laughs> a bright light. I saw a bright light in the sky, Mum. What were it? No, oh, they call that moon. Maybe there's someone listening who was okay. also up at the crack of dawn. Yes. And saw, I drove into work, it must have been about 20 past four. I was on the M1. Okay. And just to the right of me, M1 well, heading south, just yeah. to the right of me. Yep. I wasn't looking at it, but I saw it. Yes. Like a, a, a fireball. <laughs> I know it sounds mad. It's like a fireball. What are they? T- fireballs? <laughs> I can't believe it went straight to mine. I think the mill's in trouble. <laughs> no, but it didn't hit the ground. It sort of burnt up or something. I, 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 I don't know. It looked like a downwards comet. So I don't. What what do you want people to say? Did to anyone you? see it, or am I um, having some sort of episode? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise looking heavier than normal. It's now queuing between 27 for the M11 and 25 for Enfield. Also building up at 21 for the M1. In Brickettwood, the North Orbital looking heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And in Sawbridgeworth, Harlow Road is closed in both directions between Redricks Lane and Hard Lane after an accident. Public transport Virgin trains have possible delays of up to 20 minutes and cancellations on services between Euston and Milton Keynes Central. That's after a signalling problem at Birmingham New Street. I'm Alice Gossett, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. If you press your red button now, by the way, you'll get the last 15 minutes of the show translated into proper English. Coming up to 6.47, it's Thursday the 5th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A company in Milton Keynes is encouraging people to video road incidents as evidence for the police. The Chancellor's expected to tell millions of people they'll have to wait longer before they can claim a state pension. In football, it was a two-all uh, It was two-all for Wickham Wanderers against Portsmouth in League Two last night. Couple of things to talk about. Did you see a downwards comet this morning? Catherine did. It's oh, we scared a leak. Uh, and also, <laughs> is it time? Is it time that we just accept that, that people in wheelchairs can't go? Everywhere. 08459 455 555. Let's get the latest weather now. Here's Elizabeth Rizzini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. Well, it's a rather chilly day outside. Uh, we have seen a frost overnight um, and temperatures dip just a touch below freezing for many areas, sort of between one and four degrees for many of us at the moment. Um, so a cold start to the day. It's going to turn really very windy a little bit later on through the day. In fact, for northern areas of Bedfordshire, we're under under a Met Office yellow warning for the strength of the wind. So gradually getting gustier and gustier today. Most of the day is going to be dry with some rain into the afternoon but it will be clouding over, nice bright start, some sunny spells, clouding over through the morning and into the first part of the afternoon, eventually some outbreaks of just
light rain and drizzle for the most part. That's going to be with us for the end of the afternoon, possibly into the evening rush hour for southern areas of the three counties. Top temperatures today, well, not too cold, but of course you've got to add in the wind chill. It's going to make it feel colder than the temperatures would otherwise suggest. But we're looking at between sort of 7 and perhaps as high as 9 degrees, 48 in Fahrenheit. Overnight tonight, this weather front is going to drag in some much colder air, so it is going to be colder. The winds are going to ease down and we'll see temperatures that dip below freezing, a pretty widespread frost into the day tomorrow. Tomorrow there will be some spells of brightness and sunshine. It will stay dry, but it's just going to feel very cold with temperatures probably no higher than 4 or 5 degrees, but turning milder again for the weekend. That's the forecast, Ian. BBC Three Counties Radio's Big Tour. Tomorrow afternoon, I'm going to be live in the historic Hertfordshire market town of Hitchin, and I'll meet the woman who founded Hitchin Folk Club over 50 years ago, as well as a local artist who's raised over £10,000 for charity by selling a picture of a stick of rock. BBC Three Counties Radio's Big Tour. I'll be based in the market square from midday, so pop down and say hello tomorrow from midday here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, Joyce is in Leegrave. Good morning, Joyce. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Joyce. What would you like to tell us? Well, would you please pass on to Dennis, or can you hear me, Dennis? <laughs> that, talking about your round bread, round buns, whatever it was a little bit earlier on. Yes, right? yes. I like to call them a roll, but Northerners call them a balm <laughs> cake or a muffin. That's <laughs> yes, not a I muffin. <laughs> um, anyway, I went to Sainsbury's uh, Monday. And I went to the cold meat counter and uh, I had some ham and this, that and the other. And I got to the corned beef bit and and she said to me, would you like it uh, oblong normal or would you like it round? So Dennis is okay for his round corned beef. Oh, so you can get round corned beef and you can put it in a round roll (laughs) and you can can have a nice round meal. (laughs) Boom! You can. And cobbles. Yes, I beg your pardon. Um... Hitch, I'm talking about hitching yes. specifically. Yes. When I had my lovely mum in a wheelchair and we went there on the mobility bus, um, it is restricted around the church and everywhere. There is one pavement um, and everybody was looking for the pavement to walk on with his high heel shoes and this, that and the other. And I think there could be some little paving slabs within to make a pattern in the cobbles. They do look lovely. Oh, Joyce, that would ruin the marvellous if cobbled effect, wouldn't no, it? No, you could put it round the edges a bit more, because there's one pavement in Hitchin by the shops, and it's a nightmare. And people even with shoes don't like cobbles to walk Oh, on. no. I, I wear shoes. I love cobbles. <laughs> what kind of high heels have you got? Well, you don't, well, exactly. You don't want to know, Joyce. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555.
I'm reading a cracking book about Diana Ross and the Supremes. Oh, what a cow she was. What a cow. Oh, dearie me. Well, it, no, it's written by an independent. An independent. Very good rock historian, actually. Wrote a brilliant book about Phil Spector. It's a cracking read. Some of the stuff that they got up to in the 60s. Oh, you wouldn't believe it. Right. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Campaigners are planning to hold a vigil every month until they get answers about the death of a man detained under the Mental Health Act. 39-year-old Leon Briggs died on November the 4th after being restrained and taken into custody at Luton Police Station. He later died in hospital. Five police officers and two members of civilian staff have been suspended pending an investigation by the Independent Police Complaints Commission. Supporters of Leon's Leon's family gathered outside Luton Police Station for a vigil last night. Our reporter, Matt Lockwood, was also there and spoke to one of Leon's friends, Terry McGrath. It was two nights before we was letting off fireworks. There was a lot of us. There was a good 30, 30, 40 people there. It was was a good night. We was all having a good time. Um, no indication of any mental health, really, as far as we're concerned. He was a bit stressed, he was a bit down. We all get down, you know, this is the life we lead. No one's happy these days, you know, we don't earn enough. We will work harder than we have to. We all get down, you know. From what I understand, obviously, he, he, he had kids, he was split up, same as myself. You get stressed by these things over the years. Um, and so when you heard the news of his death, I mean, what was your reaction? Total, total disbelief. Absolutely total disbelief. At first, I thought someone was just having a practical joke. And when I found out how he died, that's what hit home, really. It was a case of, you are really winding me up. That didn't happen. It's the sort of thing that, you know, you see in a movie or not on your own doorstep to someone you know. You know, as it sank in, we need to do something about this. So we formed a a committee. We've had a lot of support from other campaign groups from up and down the country, which we appreciate to the max. Um, The Briggs family have got a great solicitor. You know, they're doing, doing their job. I believe it's the same solicitor for Mark Duggan. Are you not worried that these other campaign groups are perhaps hijacking this cause for their own purpose um, of a course, little bit? That, that's that's going to happen. You know, you're going to get that. You're going to get people trying to piggyback on what you're doing. But our main cause is for Liam Briggs. That is first and foremost. Once we get that dealt with, we will jump on the campaign of changing the law. That is the next step. But at first, we want justice. We want somebody to stand accountable for what has happened to Leon. You do not end up getting cuffed behind your hands and your feet cuffed together, putting in the cell, and ten minutes later you're dead. That doesn't happen. You know, it's the sort of thing you see in bad movies. And so we heard this week that the IPCC has set the parameters for their investigation, but that investigation could take perhaps a year. Yeah, again, the IPCC, they're part of the police. They're made up mainly of ex-police officers. But they do say they're independent. They, they say they're independent. I could say I'm white. Look at me. I'm lying. So you don't have much confidence right. in the we have no confidence IPCC to investigate in, this? None whatsoever in the IPCC. The only way we will gain any trust in the police and the IPCC is if somebody is held accountable and charged over what has happened. Now, it took five days for five officers and two members of staff to be suspended. But five days, people would say that's pretty quick, really, given um, the bureaucracy okay. and how long it takes yeah, sometimes to understand. get information out and things. I can understand that, but if it was the other way around, it was a member of the public, say, for instance, you know, three of my friends and myself saw a man attacking somebody else and we jumped on him to stop him and we killed him. We'd have been arrested straight away. We'd have been banged up in, in a police cell, then shipped to a prison pending investigation. This has not happened in this case. These officers were allowed to go back to work for five days 
carry on their duties, and now they've been suspended with full pay, sitting at home, having a nice time. We're not stupid. We know that the police look after their own. That is the way it's been since day one. Wherever, whatever country you go to, that's the way it is. The police would argue they've been transparent, they, they're cooperating, yes, they they've apologised, yeah. they're doing all that they can at this stage, really. The only way the police will get, gain any confidence in us is by bringing somebody to justice for this. You know, is that why you're outside the police station tonight, well, to keep up you know, the pressure? We're keeping up the pressure, we've got a vigil going, we're doing this once a month now, on the anniversary of his death. You know, but the main, the main thing is now, is waiting for the results of you know, uh, the second autopsy and the IPCC report. That's our reporter, Matt Lockwood, there speaking to Terry McGrath, who was one of Leon Briggs's friends. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. M25 anti-clockwise is queuing between Junction 27 for the M11 and 25 for Enfield. Also looking busy around Junction 21 for the M1. In Brickettwood, the North Orbital Heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. In Borehamwood, the A1 Barnet Bypass looking slow between Stirling Corner and the Watford Bypass. On public transport, Virgin trains have possible delays of 20 minutes and cancellations on services between Euston and Milton Keynes Central. That's after a signalling problem at Birmingham New Street. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Coming up in the next hour, can you ever have an amicable divorce or a split from a long-term relationship? This whole thing between Nigella Lawson and uh, Charles Sarchi is thoroughly unpleasant. Can it ever be nice and friendly? And as, uh, some wheelchair users are calling for the cobbles in Hitchin to be removed. Well, I'm asking this morning, do we just have to accept that, that people in wheelchairs can't necessarily go everywhere they want to? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines, people could have to wait longer for their state pension. Two people caught after road raid incident in Bletchley. Friends and family of Luton Man who died after being arrested call for justice. BBC Three Counties Radio. Millions of people will have to work longer before they can collect their state pension. People now in their 40s won't receive the payment until they're 68. James Langdale reports on the plans expected to be announced by the Chancellor, George Osborne. He'll announce he's bringing forward his plans to raise the state pension age to reflect rising life expectancy. It'll rise to 66 in 2020 and 67 in 2028, as expected. But he'll say it'll now rise to 68 in the mid-2030s, a decade earlier than expected, affecting millions in their 40s or younger. An inquest will open today into the death of a 70-year-old woman who was stabbed to death in Luton. Mary Evans died inside her car in Trent Road on the 18th of November. Her brother-in-law, 56-year-old John Evans, who lives in Trent Road, has been charged with her murder. A company in Milton Keynes says videoing road rage incidents could reduce the number taking place in Britain. Policewitness.com is encouraging people to film incidents, which can then be used as evidence by the police. Company chairman Matt Stockdale says two people were charged with public order offences after an incident caught on camera in Bletchley. Two construction workers climb out of a vehicle and be- begin to uh, kick and punch someone's vehicle, hurl abuse at them. Okay. And without that evidence, those two individuals would have got away with it. 
Four people have been rescued from a fire in Hitchin this morning. Firefighters used ladders to get three people from the top floor of the house in Coleridge Close. A fourth person was rescued from the ground floor. Campaigners say they'll hold a vigil outside Luton Police to get three people from the top floor of the house in Coleridge Close. A fourth person was rescued from the ground floor. Campaigners say they'll hold a vigil outside Luton Police Station every month until they get justice for Leon Briggs. The 39-year-old had been detained under the Mental Health Act but later died in hospital. Leon's friend Terry McGrath was at last night's vigil. The only way the police will gain any confidence in us is by bringing somebody to justice. Keeping up the pressure, we've got a vigil going, we're doing this once a month. The main thing is now is waiting for the results of you know, uh, the second autopsy. The Home Secretary, Theresa May, is expected to tell European ministers she wants to change the rules on the free movement of people across the EU. Other member states have already vowed to defend what they regard as a fundamental EU principle. A 16-foot Christmas tree put up to raise money for a terminally ill child has been stolen in High Wycombe. 500 pupils from Disraeli School were due to sing by the tree next week. Raj Chandarana put the tree outside his shop. Let's just hope the community can can come together and uh, maybe we can get another one. And we've said, come Monday morning, if we haven't got another one, we'll just pay for another one because it's not fair to take Christmas away from the kids of Disraeli. And in football, Wickham Wanderers drew two all against Portsmouth in League Two last night. The weather starting off bright today but becoming increasingly windy with outbreaks of rain this afternoon and a high of nine Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. We're coming to towns and villages all across our counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. When you approach Hitchin down Windmill Hillside, especially in the winter, it's all lit up and it looks beautiful. All this week in Hitchin. I think the people are really, really pleasant. Yeah, it's just a nice old market town. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Four minutes past seven. It's cold and it's dark outside, but we've got plenty for you this morning, including Milton Keynes Company is encouraging drivers to install cameras into their cars so they can monitor crashes or road rage incidents. Would you do it? Have you done it? I've seen lots of cyclists with it, but I don't think I've seen any drivers with it. Some wheelchair users in Hitchin are calling for the cobbles to be removed. As they say, they can't move around easily. Well, would you want to see the cobbles gone? Do you think we should make everywhere accessible at the expense of history? Or do disabled people just have to accept that they can't go everywhere? And Catherine Boyle saw a funny light in the sky. Did anybody else see it? I mean... It was a fireball. (laughs) For goodness sakes, you don't know what it was. It looked like a it looked like a ball of fire falling. Facebook.com forward slash BBC three CR. You can send me a text eight one three double three. Start the text three CR. And if you saw a ball of fire falling, give me a call. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Paul's on the line. Morning, Paul. Morning. What up? Now, Paul, you've got one of them funny accents. Hi, Yorkshireman. You're you're from Yorkshire. What do you call a round sort of ball of bread that you might put cheese and pickle into? 
We call them tea cakes. Your tea cake? Yeah, with tea cakes. And if I went in the shop where I live and says, uh, give us some of your baps, They'd get a slap. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they would. All right, see, now, I would, a tea cake to me is what, what uh, is, is like a scone or a muffin. No, no, tea cake. A scone's a scone. Yeah, uh, fair no, point. That, and a, a, bun's, a bun's like a little cake. No, that's an iced bun. No, no what if it's not got ice on top of it? Well, then it's not a cake. It's, uh, it's a bun. Yeah, it's a bun. No. Yeah, it's a bun. No, a bun, a bun is like a soft bap. No, you have no, your burger in a bun or a bap, and the, the, you're thinking of of a tea cake which has got icing and a cherry on top. No, no, tea cake. If you go in, you get you get bacon butter is tea cake. You get a bacon what? A bacon butter. Oh, you mean a sandwich? No, I mean a bacon butter. If I went to the lads, I'm going down to the shop. Do you want to? I mean, yeah, get a bacon butter, a sausage egg butter, or something. If I said, would you like a sandwich? Eh, what? I, I'm, I'm getting like every fifth word from you, Paul. So what do you do? Where do you live now? I, I, I live in Yorkshire. In Haworth. Say that again, sorry. You live I'm in Haworth? Haworth, yeah. Oh, okay. There's um, the, 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 the Bronte sisters. Near the Bronte Museum, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah. What, what, what are you doing listening to this tosh? I'm a wagon driver. Ah. I get down here and listen to you in the morning. Excellent stuff. What's, Paul, can I ask you a question for yeah. research purposes? What's, what's BBC Radio Yorkshire like up there? I bet it's a bit rubbish, isn't it? Well, I listen to BBC Radio Leeds most of the time when right. I book that in. Any good? And then, yeah, it's all right. I listen to most of the BBC ones, local ones. Okay. Well, who would you say? Which, which BBC radio, local radio station, would you say, Paul? In your opinion, of being an intelligent Yorkshireman as you are, is the best. <laughs> well, I've got to them, but I've actually oh. quite enjoyed listening to you down here. So, Paul, thank you very much indeed. I think I've got to say them, but I've quite enjoyed listening to you, Paul. Thank you very much uh, indeed. Uh, 08459 Now, a website based in Milton Keynes is encouraging motorists to film and upload evidence of dangerous driving and road rage. Policewitness.com's homepage claims they have a proven track record of protecting innocent motorists and holding bad drivers to account through real police action. They also say that tens of thousands of motorists have already fitted cameras to their dashboards. Have you done it? Have you installed a camera to your dashboard? Has it helped? Why did you do it? I know that cyclists do it, and, and one could say that cyclists are perhaps more at risk of dangerous or aggressive drivers, but to do it in a car? 08459 555. Peter Nehrud is the former Chief Constable of Thames Valley Police and joins me now. Peter, what do you think of this? People installing cameras into their cars, good idea? Well, in principle, um, in principle yes, it's fine. I mean, the, the, the website tells us that the, the, the device is aimed to try and effectively be your eyes if an accident or an incident uh, happens. I mean, it's a commercial venture, which is, uh, which is perfectly proper, um, and it's designed to, in, to, to help you with, a, with an insurance claim as well. And I, I don't see any particular difficulty with that, and, but it's part of a wider trend of, of websites and apps that are, that are giving, as it were, the citizen the ability to compile their own re- uh, report of an incident. And if you, you, you got forwarded, the, you know, videos from this, this website, would it help the police in their inquiries? Could they use it? Well, they could. I mean, I, the one point I would make is make with the experience of, uh, of speaking to forces about uh, one of the other uh, apps, the self-evident app, which, which, which allows you to, to, to prepare a crime report, is that forces are not it's not particularly well prepared to receive material, oh. uh, and in particular, web in you know, a web-based material, forces are ju- they're just getting up on the up onto this uh, uh, this sort of platform. Um, and I, I, but but in, but in principle, you you are creating a record for yourself, 
um, and in, and it and it's the, the website particularly encourages you to do it to stop the some of the folk who are, who are faking crashes, which I, which I think probably is a good idea if you're in an area where that's been prevalent. Now, this self-evident app, is, is, is this a, like a phone app? It's a phone app for, 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 Andro- for Android or for, or for, uh, for Apple. And it, and it helps you p- prepare a crime report? Yeah, it's quite, it's quite a clever little device, and I think there's, there'll be more of this type of platform coming, coming on. But basically, it allows you to film... The event. So, for example, if it was a car crash, you'd film your own car, oh. your own uh, co- the, the the collision, the post crash collision uh, evidence. You you can upload a voice recording of of what you've seen, uh, and then and then you can download that to to the police. The, the the slight flaw in the argument is the point where you download it to the police right. because that's they're not exactly prepared for that to happen in some form. And do the police welcome these advances in technology or in times of austerity where you know the police forces are losing numbers do they see it as a threat to their careers? Uh no, I don't think they see it that way. I think they see that the, the quite a considerable challenge in configuring their own systems to to match these type of apps. Um and and that and that I think is something the police are going to have to overcome because after all, like the banks and a lot of other utilities, you would want the citizen to do as much as possible mm. uh, of, of the preparation of their own case because you're, you're simplifying things, things for you to, for yourselves. What about people's civil liberties with all of these cameras installed in cars? I don't know if I'm being filmed. Is that right? Yeah, I rather think that ship has sailed. I mean, after all, every single smartphone in someone's hand is a camera, so... That that ship sailed some time ago. I, it, 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 it's more it's more the question of how it's used. Uh, I don't think you can any you can any any longer expect that you're in a, when you're in public space that you're not going to be filmed in some way. Or other. That's a bit sad, isn't it? Um, it may be sad, but I think it's just a fact of life. Mm. Peter, I appreciate your time. Thank you, Peter Nehru, former chief constable of Thames Valley Police. Well, what do you think? Uh, have you installed a camera in your car? Why did you do it? And what do you do with the... Do you go home and watch it? Turn off EastEnders, love. I've got some cracking footage of me driving down the A6. Let's watch that. Oh, wait, 459 555 Ian is on his way to Letchworth. Ian, you've got one of these cameras, have you? Hey, Ian, yeah, I've got one. Um, well, I've got put it in my van. Um, it's for insurance purposes, mainly. Right. Um, but it's also caught out... Um, it's in all our lorries as well, and um, caught out a, a lorry driver who had a crash. Oh. Um, took out um, some traffic lights and um, once they got his statement, they had a look at the camera and the, the, the film and whatever and found out it wasn't coming entirely the truth. And does it, re- does it reduce your insurance, having one of these fitted, or does it just help when you have to make a claim? I think it helps. I think it reduces it and also helps when you make a claim as well. OK. Yeah. Because, uh, um, and, and the thing is, it, 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 it records... It records constantly, but you have to press the button in order for you to save it. So if I do have a crash, if I have a bump, even go over a speed bump too quickly, it'll automatically come on. Ah, OK. But if I see something in front of me, like road rage attack, all I have to do is press the button and it'll record it and it'll save it. It's a good piece of kit. And how much does this cost, Ian? I don't know, but I was, I was told it was quite expensive because right. we've got it as a kit called Microize and... It tells, tells my employers whenever I go too fast, when I brake too harshly, oh. when I'm using too much fuel and all sorts. Oh, blimey. So you've got to be yeah. dead careful. Ian, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. These cameras, it's a, uh, have you got one? We've, I've seen lots of cyclists with them. You see cyclists with them on their helmets. 
Um, and I can kind of understand why a cyclist might, because you do hear stories about, you know, cyclists being cu- cut up and with all of these um, horrible incidents of, you know, cyclists dying in the last couple of months. You can kind of understand that. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Uh, on the subject of uh, Hitchin, there are calls for the uh, cobbles of Hitchin to be removed. A bit of tarmac on the road to make it easier for people in wheelchairs. Well, do we just have to accept that people in wheelchairs can't go everywhere? Oh, wait, 459, 455, 505. Lots of texts here. Dave from Sundon. For accessibility reasons, following complaints from the community, Glastonbury Field is being paved over. Um, where do the wheelchair users want to draw the line? Concrete the beaches? If they want to go over cobbles and into shops with no ramps, then buy a modern wheelchair. Um, Kev in uh, Lecturer says, Rehitching, why should the cobbles be taken up? up? They were there long before the wheelchair users. Just back from Bruges, and the whole of the town centre is cobbles. It's part of its history, and disabled people get on with it. I suggest people in Hitchin do the same. Uh, Graham in Chaddington says, on a completely different subject, by the way, I went to see Chaz and Dave at Aylesbury Waterside Theatre last night. They were better than ever. Can we all get... That's what happens when two worlds collide. To number one for Christmas. What do you reckon, team? Uh, probably not. It's, it's, it's a tough call, isn't it? 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Quarter past seven on BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise looking slow between 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Also struggling between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. In Borehamwood, the A1 Barnet Bypass is slow between Stirling Corner and the Watford Bypass. Looking on the sensors in Dunstable, the A5 is struggling in both directions. In Sawbridgeworth, the A1184 Harlow Road is closed in both directions between Redricks Lane and Hand Lane. That's after a serious accident earlier on. On public transport, Virgin trains have possible delays of 20 minutes and cancellations on services between Euston and Milton Keynes Central after a signalling problem at Birmingham New Street. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Right, 7.16. Thursday, the 5th of December, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A company in Milton Keynes is encouraging people to video road incidents as evidence for the police. Millions more people could have to wait until they're 68 to receive a state pension. In football, it was 2 all for Wickham Wanderers against Portsmouth in League Two last night. The weather is starting off bright but clouding over with rain this afternoon and becoming increasingly windy. Coming up, cobbles. Do we get rid of them to help people in wheelchairs or do wheelchair users just have to accept you can't go everywhere. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. What is BBC Three Counties Radio? It's about where I live with my family. It's about my family and the issues that we face. It's a place dedicated to local news, entertainment and music. BBC Three Counties Radio is a friend. It's fun. This radio station is the glue that holds together Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire. We just keep it together. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 
on FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's big up the big tour, shall we? Yes, why not? Part of the BBC Three Counties Radio Big Tour. We go to a different town every week in beds, hearts and bucks, getting to the heart of the stories that matter to you. This week, we're in Hitchin, where there are calls for the council to concrete over the cobbles. Malcolm Males' wife is a wheelchair user, and he, he, and, uh, he feels the town centre's a no-go area for anyone with mobility problems and desperately needs to modernise. He dismissed suggestions losing the cobbles would spoil the look of the place. It would look lovely. Baldock looks beautiful. Letchworth looks lovely. Royston is gorgeous. We've got 17th century paving in a modern town. And they think it's nice. No. I'm joined now by two guests, uh, Tom Brindley, who's the councillor in charge of planning and transport at North Hearts District Council, and also Mick Scarlett, who's a disability rights campaigner. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Good morning. Mick, I'll start with you first. You use a wheelchair, don't I you? I do indeed. How difficult are cobbles for you? Um, well, to tell you the truth, they're a mixture of very, very difficult to do, to, to wheel over, and also dangerous. But I suppose the best way to describe it is um, when you wheel over cobbles, it's very much like being kicked continuously um, in, well, where you're, where you're sitting, shall we say. Yes. Um, until you get off them, so it, it, you know it's 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 not just hard; it's painful. And um, I know, I mean, a friend of mine, we went um, wheeling over some cobbles, and he was a power chair user, and we had to bungee cord him into his chair because he nearly fell out. Oh. And so it, it is really dangerous, and they are really difficult to use. And you've injured yourself, haven't you, on cobbles? I have. At the moment, I'm. Uh, <laughs> uh, yesterday, I was uh, on the sofa for the whole day because. Um, I was filming on some cobbles and yeah. uh, hurt myself. And, you know, this is a, a, a common sort of part of life for, for people with mobility issues. So it's not just the case of, we, you know, a lot of people might imagine that disabled people go, oh, we don't like them, they're a bit difficult. They do actually physically do us harm. Mm. And, you know, it is a 21st century. But I must say that we've got to remember that there are ways of making cobbles safe to use. Go on. It's not just the case of co- you know, concrete over them. Um, the uh, English Heritage has a guide that you use, for the, the, the town planners, etc. should use, that he says, looking at it now, he's got it up on his smartphone, all technology, eh? um, it's called Streets for All, and there's a special one for the southeast. So it's not just a case of concrete them over or leave them as they are. You lift them, you specially treat them, you laser cut them, you relay them, um, and you make sure that they are absolutely level. And within that, you create a special access path, normally with something like Yorkstone. So the idea that the answer is either totally destroy them or leave them as they are is completely false. Well, let's put that to Tom Brinley, who is the councillor in charge of planning and transport at North Hearts District Council. Is, is, is that something that you could consider, Tom? Oh, very much. I, I'm very interested to learn more about that, um, because we do need to get the balance between uh, safety for all our users, um, but also preser- preserving uh, where we can the historic marketplaces uh, and, and street of, our, of our towns. And I think particularly this is uh, relevant in Hitchin there. Um, we do take this very seriously, um, and, and it is a balance there. Um, and the, mark, the, 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 the pavements themselves that people walk along are not cobbled. Um, it's the, it's the, the little bits of the streets around there. 
um, where generally um, you, you would not be uh, walking, although they are made into pedestrian areas at certain times to, uh, to make it easier. Um, and the marketplace itself, which does have paths crossing it, which are smoother, so they're, 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 it has gone some way there. It sounds expensive, what Mick's suggesting, though. Where would that money come from? Well... Uh, that everything, of course, does have to be paid for, and uh, off the top of my head, I don't know. Um, we we would council does have money to invest in things where it's appropriate, and I'm, I understand that there are grants available for lots of this type of work. Uh, I would really would like to know more um, about the particular uh, um, solution which has been proposed. There. We will. I tell you what we'll do. Well, we'll I'll put tell you, you what. I'll, I'll I'll offer my services to Hitchin. I'll come up and meet up with Tom and say what. You know, help that's... him work out a way of making this right. Can I just say, Mick, that's if you can. That's if you can pull yourself off the sofa, mate. Come yeah, on, I'm yeah, not falling yeah, for that yeah. one. <laughs> it's all right. I'll put a cushion. I'll strap a cushion to my bum. We will put you two. We will put you two in touch at the end of the show, and this bromance can continue off air. But go on, Mick. What were you going to say? Well, what I was going to say, it's all right. Everyone always sort of said oh, it was quite expensive, but you know, the DDA came in in the 90s. You know, it became the Equality Act. You know, uh, this decade. There's been. It's been quite a long time for everybody to work out that they are going to need to do something to make, you know, the town centres accessible. This hasn't just sprung upon no. them. And so the idea of saying, oh, well, it's going to be expensive, it's like, well, if they'd have started saving yeah. in the 90s, OK, or started to look into methodology of finding a way of doing this, this wouldn't have just, you know, oh, it's expensive, yeah. Can you imagine what it's like to, uh, you know, a friend of mine lives in uh, Hitchin, and so I come up quite often. I actually learned to drive in Hitchin. I used to live down the road. And so I know Hitchin really well, and I know that it's been like that for as long as I've been in a wheelchair. Yeah. So the idea that, oh, it's going to cost us some money, it's always been like that. And what it should have been done during, you know, over years, it could have been repointed, it could have been made much safer than it is, uh, and it is much more widespread than just a few, you know, back streets. You know, Hitchin is... How long have these cobbles been there, Tom? Well, I would imagine that they've been there a couple of hundred years, although a lot of them were uh, relayed. We also have to work out the balance between those which are on the roads and highways, which, of course, are the responsibility of the county council, and those <laughs> which are in the marketplace itself, which is responsibility of the district council. But we do work very closely with them. Uh, five years ago, we relayed a lot of the cobbles using a resin-based... Uh, uh, system so that they were smoother and, and more level. So some work has been done on that. Um, and, I mean, there was £40,000 invested there. So it's not always a question of money. It's a question of uh, practical balance there. But it's something that I certainly am willing to look at alongside my county colleagues, as I say, who have responsibility for the highways elements of it, um, and, and investigate uh, what can be done uh, it, it, to both preserve the heritage of the uh, Hitchin Town Centre, but also to support the, uh, the very necessary uh, work uh, to make uh, things suitable for um, uh, those in wheelchairs. Mick, I'm asking this morning, uh, yeah. do, do the people in wheelchairs have mm. to accept that they just can't go everywhere? That, that, that lots parts of England are very old and very historic and obviously were, were built and designed before wheelchairs became the norm, so to speak, and that there's just some places that they won't be able to go to. So what you're saying is we, we should all go and live in Milton Keynes? Well, I wouldn't... <laughs> it's not <laughs> no, a bad sorry, idea. Sorry, I'm sorry, mate, but at the end of the day, uh, you can't say to... I mean, don't forget, this isn't just people in wheelchairs. Yeah. This is people who are old. This is child, young children. I mean, cobbles are dangerous for lots of people. Oh, the kids love it in the buggies on cobbles. Oh, yeah. They, no, they love it in the buggies because it makes them sound like a Dalek. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, until they fall out and hurt themselves. Well, that's, that's funny, part, right? The other day I met a woman who, uh, even it was, in, it was in, early on in summer, uh, I, I um, had just come back from meeting with a client and discussing about how methods of making the cobbles safe uh, for them. And I, I got out of my cab and there was a woman on crutches. And I went, oh, what happened to you? And she went, I've just broken my toe, because uh, there's cobbles just up my street, believe it or not. Um, and uh, she went, oh, I've just broken my toe on these cobbles. And I went, how? And she she's walking in open-toed sandals, and her oh. toe had fl- slipped in between two of the cobbles. She'd fallen over and broken her toe. Well, part of me thinks they're tough. Uh, Mick, tough, tough luck, silly sausage. You should have looked where you were going. Wait, so we can't, we can't get rid of the, these cobbles and, and things like this because they do look wonderful and they are, they're awkward for anybody to walk on, of course. But that's, that's kind of what I makes these things so great. I said though, didn't I? And you don't, you don't necessarily have to get rid of them. What you do need yep. to do is make them safe and make them easy. And the idea that you want to live in a society that says to huge, you know, to, to quite a large number of people, I'm ever so sorry, but we just like the way it looks. Yeah. So you can't come here, you can't live here. I do a lot of work for Derby City Council, and they have made the whole of their historic town centre accessible by doing exactly that, making sure that all the cobbles and all the old paving is easy to wheel over, easy to walk over. And they actually make an feature um, with their tourism guides yeah. how accessible the city is. Now imagine if Hitchin could say, come to Hitchin, it's fully accessible, instead of it being somewhere that people like me know is not accessible. Because so, that's the thing, is it means that loads of places all over the country are known worldwide. I live in Camden. Camden's got loads of cobbles. When the, the um, Olympics and Paralympics came, the Paralympics advised all disabled visitors not to come to Camden because of the danger that the cobbles presented. Do you want to be living in a town that's known all over the world as being difficult for disabled people? That says something about Britain that I don't think I want to be part of. I, I want Britain to be fully inclusive, and there are ways of making it done that are safe and easy. Yes, they might be expensive, but... It can be done over a matter of time. You can, do, you can test it in small areas, get disabled people in the local area involved, and at the end of the day, what you end up for with is a town that's available to everybody. OK, uh, Mick, uh, go everything there, I, I'd love to see uh, us do something on this, and we will certainly uh, um, investigate what can be done, because clearly... Uh, Chaps, listen, I've got to end it there. Thank you very much, because we're, we're running out of time. Let's, let's put Mick and Tom in touch. Let's, let's let them swap numbers. It sounds like there's a, a proper bromance brewing there. And wouldn't it be good if we'd achieved something in the big toy? It, it looks like there could possibly be plans... A foot. Mick Scarlett, disability rights campaigner, and Tom Brindley, councillor in charge of planning and transport at North Hearts District Council. It'll cost a few quid. Is it money worth spending? 08459 455 555. I put the point to you that I put to Mick, who batted it back very successfully, I thought, but do you agree? Do we just have to accept that, that people, wheelchair users, can't go everywhere? They can't go everywhere. It will cost too much to make everywhere wheelchair friendly or is that unfair is that excluding a significant portion of the population 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you are a wheelchair user and you can't go to places like Hitchin or you can't go on the London Underground does it frustrate you do you get annoyed by it or do you kind of just shrug your shoulders and go ah ah, well won't be going there 08459 455 555. You can also comment on this on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. And you can uh, send me a text as well if you want, 81333. 
Start your text 3CR. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the uh, latest travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. M25 anti-clockwise, slow between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. On the A1M heading south, things struggling between Junction 3 for St Albans and 2 for Wellham Green. In Cheshunt, the A10 is slow between College Road and the M25 Junction for Enfield. In Sawbridgeworth, the A1184, that's Harlow Road, is closed in both directions between Red Ricks Lane and Hand Lane following an accident. And in Clophill, the A6 looking slow on all approaches to the Clophill roundabout. Public Transport Virgin uh, trains have possible delays of 20 minutes and cancellations on services between Euston and Milton Keynes. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Jane Killick. The Chancellor's expected to tell millions of people they'll have to wait longer before they can claim a state pension. George Osborne's expected to use his autumn statement to say the retirement age will be raised for those in their 40s or younger. A company in Milton Keynes is encouraging motorists to take the law into their own hands by filming incidents they may come across. Policewitness.com says they can pass them on as evidence to the police. People who use wheelchairs in Hitchin are calling for cobbles to be removed from the town centre and replaced with flat paving. They say some areas like the high street aren't disabled friendly and it's making getting around difficult. The weather, a windy day, starting bright and breezy with showers this afternoon and a high of 9 Celsius. On to sport. In cricket, the second Ashes Test is underway in Adelaide with Australia choosing to bat. England named Monty Panesar and debutante Ben Stokes in their side and David Warner, Chris Rogers and Shane Watson took Australia to 155 for one before England took three quick wickets. However, Michael Clarke and George Bailey are standing strong and a short time ago the Aussies were 245 for four. On to football and in League Two, Wickham picked up a point on the road as they drew two all against Portsmouth last night. Matt McClure and Anthony Stewart scored for the chairboys. Wickham manager Gareth Ainsworth was critical of his side's performance. The decisions we made in the middle of the park and, and the clearances we made weren't right and uh, we had a plan to try and uh, alleviate the pressure and we didn't work. But, you know, thank goodness we, uh, we had a great penalty save from Matt Ingram and, uh, and Anthony Stewart's header at the end is, uh, is fantastic and it's about time I had a bit of luck and a late goal and uh, I'm, uh, I'm well pleased, obviously. Um. Last night in the Premier League, Arsenal were 2-0 winners at home to Hull. Liverpool thrashed Norwich 5-1, Chelsea won 4-3 away to Sunderland. Man United lost 1-0 at home to Everton and Manchester City won 3-2 away against West Brom. At the UK Snooker Championship in York, Ronnie O'Sullivan is through to the quarter-finals after he thrashed Robert Milkins 6-0. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at 8. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. That's the phone number to give us a call. Lots to talk about this morning, uh, including calls for the cobbles of Hitchin to be removed. Now, we just spoke to Mick Scarlett there, who's a disability rights campaigner. He says, well, hang on, you don't need to remove them. I didn't quite understand the process, but it looks like Hearts uh, Council might be looking into it. It involves digging up the cobbles and lasering them and building a pathway in between them. Huh? Sounds expensive. Is it time that people in wheelchairs accepted that they just can't go everywhere? Some places they can't go. Or is that unfair and exclusive? 
08459 455 555. It's easy for me to talk about it because I'm not in a wheelchair. But if you are in a wheelchair, how does it affect you? Give me a call if you are a wheelchair user or you struggle with your mobility. How do things like cobbles and shops and buildings that you can't get into, how does it affect your life? 08459 455 555. And the front page of most of the newspapers, let's have a look. It's the front page of the Mail, the front page of the Sun, the front page of the Express, Guardian, Times, Independent and uh, the Telegraph. It's all of them. The front page of all of them, it's uh, Nigella Lawson and Charles Saatchi. Now, while I don't particularly want to uh, dwell too much on their case, and it isn't a divorce case specifically, but it's, it, it's going to end up that way, and it's very, very messy, can you ever... Can you ever have a good, smooth, amicable divorce? Can it ever work? Does it always have to be nasty? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call uh, on that. Let me know what your divorce was like or your split from a long-term relationship. What was it like? 08459 455 555. Now, we've been getting word that someone's been having a pop at road signs overnight in Greenfield, in Bedfordshire. Well, when we get a story like this, we, we pounce on it and uh, we send Justin Dealey out there. Morning, Justin. Hello, boss. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you very much. Where exactly are you and well, what's happened? Uh, Greenfield in Bedfordshire, which is uh, a small village uh, very, very close to Flittick. And uh, the road markings, I've seen them myself, they are an absolute nightmare. It's like somebody's come along here w- with a piece of chalk and chalked something on the road, completely changed everything. And uh, the emails are correct here in that uh, what we are seeing is incredibly dangerous here. Very, very dangerous. And we've got some people with me as well. Uh, Elise Robinson's here. Elise, you're a local. Just describe to our listeners what's changed and why it is so dangerous. Well, originally the road was a straight high street and then they decided to slow traffic down to create a 90-degree turn and to change the priority. Um, And at the weekend they've now changed it back to create one straight high street again. But unfortunately they've left the kink in the kerb that makes you think you should turn. So the cars are still assuming they have priority to turn right when in fact they don't, which is causing mayhem. (laughs) So an accident's going to happen here and very soon unless something is done. Yes, definitely, because... Both cars are assuming they've now got right of way, depending on whether they know the new layout. And um, it's really close to a school, which is incredibly dangerous. And being awake this early makes me see the ice on the road starting to form as well. So something really bad's going to happen. And how busy is this road? Um, it's very busy because it's used for commuters coming from the motorway. It's used for the school. So it's really, really busy. I mean, it may seem like a small issue to some people, but locally everyone's concerned about this. Who have you complained to and how far have you got? Um, I spoke to Bedfordshire Police and they... Uh, said that I have to speak to the highways agency unfortunately because I work in the daytime I haven't been able to do that yet but um, the next person you're going to speak to has done so I'm sure he's got a reply. (laughs) Okay John, John Bentley joins us live as well. John you've almost been hit Um, when was that? What happened? Uh, That was on um, Tuesday I think it was just after they'd changed it and I think what you've got is you've got the local people who come along in the morning and they know the road layout as it has been for several years now Uh, where you've got priority coming down past the school to turn left onto the high street. Um, And what's happened is because there's no signage, there was no notice of the road being changed prior to it being changed, um, basically people don't know whether they've got right of way in the morning. And the people that are 
noticing the change are stopping to allow the traffic but the people that just think oh it's the normal road I drive down every single day because they're used to it and they may be on automatic pilot a little bit because they're driving is they don't see it and they just come straight out onto the high street which they do need to stop now mm, I mean clearly we need to get some calls in about this just lastly yeah. who have you phoned about this to complain uh, I phoned the police because I thought it was highly dangerous it's only about 500 meters from the entrance to the school and at school times it is very very busy there's only single traffic that can get past um, you know obviously people are a bit frenzied about getting to work and I just see that I phoned the police because I wanted to stop some serious accident happening. What did they say to you? Uh, there was nothing that they could do. I said you can't even send a traffic officer out just to put some temporary signs out saying caution, no, can you ring the highways department? I rang the highways department at about 10 to 5 on Tuesday and the lady there said, oh yes, we've been having complaints about that all day. I said, well, you've had all day to do something about it. What's happening? We're sending a team out to investigate. Where's that team now? I don't know. I did see a high... I don't know, yeah. I did see a highways uh, department van there yesterday, and we've now got one sign up coming from Flitic towards the junction. It's still highly dangerous, though. Very dangerous, okay. in my opinion, yeah. Guys, I yeah. appreciate your time. There you go, Ian. Um, two views from local people. Clearly, it's um, very, very dangerous. I've seen it myself this morning. I get some pictures for the Facebook page, but I think we need to get some calls in and find out exactly what's going on here. So are, I'm slightly confused, Justin. Are mm. these road markings, are they official or are they just the, the, someone that a local has done? Well, again, we, we need to get some calls in to, to find out. But for, from what I can see, um, somebody's turned up here to try and change the road markings. You would presume that will be official, but they're just very, very poor. It almost oh. looks like a, an unfinished job. But when you're going to put stop in the road, you would put that down with paint, wouldn't you? Not with chalk. It's, um, it's very, very confusing. It's in a very, very busy junction. Nobody knows who's got right of way. Right. And as these people say here, a serious accident is going to happen very soon unless something is done. Right. What we need to do, we need to put a call in today to the highways department to find out if this is an official thing or if this is a road vigilante that uh, has taken this upon themselves to sort this out. We'll, we, I, I tell you what we'll do, Justin. We'll get that call in today um, and uh, we will keep the numbers of those people you've got there and maybe we'll speak to them tomorrow on the show. Now, Absolutely. Justin, what some people may not realise, just going off on a, a slight tangent... You are literally one of the best radio presenters <laughs> working at BBC Three Counties Radio between 9 and 12 oh, yeah. on a Saturday morning. You are easily in the top top 15 people in this building on a Saturday yeah. morning. Top 20. OK, let's... Yeah, yeah. Well, you do a little, a little music show. What, what is it? And who have you got as a guest this week? Um, Guest-wise, I'm not totally sure, Ian, because I've, um, I've oh. been very, very busy this week. But what I can tell you, every Saturday oh. morning, uh, between 9 and 12, we have three hours of musical memory. So what we do, we get people to phone up with, with songs that, that really mean something. Don't just say, can you play the Beatles that get back because I like it. Tell us why <laughs> I do like it. Why, why won't you play it for me? I like it. Yeah, but you... <laughs> I like it. I haven't got any memories associated to it. I just like it. Come on, Ian. If it's not the Beatles Get Back, every single person listening has got a song that is special to them that holds a special memory. Yeah. So on a Saturday morning between 9 and 12, we do classic chart rundowns, we have guests picking musical memories, and more importantly, of course, we have our listeners picking the songs that really mean something to them. It's, um, it's always interesting for me to get the stories behind it. Excellent stuff. It's a cracking listen. Justin Dealey, thank you very much indeed. We will look at more into this Greenfield story. 
We'll get a call into the highways department and find out if this is an official. Can it be official? Do, 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 if someone knows about this, do officials from the highway department change things with chalk? That doesn't sound right, does it? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Now we'll get some pictures from uh, Justin to have a look and see exactly what is going on there. And we'll post them on the Facebook page when we do. But uh, the, 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 the highways department, they don't use chalk, do they? For official road signs? That's got to be just a resident who's had enough. I would have thought. We will find out more. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, again, just quickly look at these front pages of the newspapers. What can I tell you? It's all Nigella. Looking very striking. It's almost as if she knew she was going to be going to court and be photographed surrounded by a dozen police officers. I mean, stunning photographs. The stuff that's coming out, Nigella, I took cocaine but I'm not an addict, uh, drugs, bullying and my husband's bid to destroy. It's pretty unpleasant stuff that's coming out. And I don't want to dwell on that too much while the whole case is going on, but we'll, we'll talk about that more when it's finished. But... And this court case isn't, of course, about Saatchi and Nigella divorcing. It's about two uh, women who've, who've been accused of um, d- d- fraud. But the story is about the breakdown in the relationship between this married couple. Can a divorce ever be amicable? Can it ever work out that you you get divorced, you shake hands, you go your separate ways and you remain friendly and nice. It can't be, can it? It can't work like that. You've got so much invested in your life, in your marriage, in your relationship. Maybe you've got kids, maybe you've got property together. It can never end nicely. I'm trying to think of any of my relationships have ended nicely. Not really. One was kind of okay. Kind of okay, but it's not really. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. If you've got divorced, or if you've split up from a long term relationship, let's say over six years, uh, was it? Did it end amicably? Did it end well, or or was it messy? Was it as messy as it, it appears it's going to be for Sachi and Lawson? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Lucy in Bedford has texted him. 81333, starting her text 3CR. Divorce can be fine. My husband gets on very well with his ex-wife. She's still part of the family, which is excellent for the children. She's even our son's godmother. His ex-wife? Now, Lucy, we're all kind of shaking our head here. That doesn't sound... Technically, Kelly Betts wasn't, but I'm I'm shaking it for her. That doesn't sound... The ex-wife is your children's grandmother? No, that uh, godmother? That can't be right. Grandmother would be weird. Godmother? That can't be right. Do you not feel a bit weird about him, you know, kind of seeing her? Because he had sex with her several times. You know, that, that urge doesn't go away, does it? 08459 455 555. Can you ever have an amicable divorce? Split from a relationship? Or is it always going to be nasty? Not necessarily as nasty as it's being here with Saatchi and Lawson, but there's always going to be animosity, isn't there? You did this. I didn't do that. Well, that wasn't my fault. That was you. 08459 455555. And uh, on the subject of uh, cobbles in Hitchin, getting rid of them, uh, we're talking to Mick Scarlett, who suggests, well, you can dig them up, laser them and, and lay a new path. 
Gary and Luton. What a load of tosh about cobbles. It will be a waste of money to laser cut cobbles and relay them. They may as well just replace them with cheap slabs. It would look the same. Wheelchair users should just avoid that area. Simple. Shirley in Bedford says, Ian, you wouldn't expect a wheelchair user to climb a mountain saying, I couldn't do it either. But does that uh, mean we're all excluded from mountaineering? There are places various people can't access and it doesn't have to mean just wheelchair users. When we get old, we struggle with walking. So does everything have to be made friendly for old people? Where does it stop? We could do away with steps and stairs and have ramps everywhere then. Tony says, Ian, we could rip up all the cobblestones and slabs then replace it with tarmac. In the summertime when it's hot, all the wheelchairs then get stuck in the softened tarmac. You just can't win. Phil the Fruit says, Ian, this cobble situation is cobblers. Why don't they get caterpillar tracks on their wheelchairs? That is a brilliant idea. Not much sympathy for wheelchair users this morning. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 is queuing anti-clockwise between 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. In Brickywood, the North Orbital is also queuing at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. The A1M heading southbound looking slow on the speed sensors between Junction 3 for St Albans and 2 for Wellham Green. In Sawbridgeworth, the A1184 Harlow Road closed in both directions between Redricks Lane and Hand Lane. In Dunstable, the A5 busy in both directions and also in Clop Hill, the A6 is slow on all approaches to the Clop Hill roundabout. Public transport Virgin trains have possible delays of up to 20 minutes on services between Euston and Milton Keynes Central. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. 7.47, it is Thursday the 5th of December, I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A company in Milton Keynes is encouraging people to video road incidents as evidence for the police. The Chancellor is expected to tell millions of people they'll have to wait longer before they can claim a state pension. In football, it was two all for Wickham Wanderers against Portsmouth in League Two last night. Coming up, would you use cameras to film people doing naughty things? 08459 455 555. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. Well, we do have this winter storm today. Three counties not really going to see the worst of it at all, but it is going to turn quite windy a bit later on through the day. In fact, we've got a Met Office weather warning out for northern areas of Bedfordshire in particular, where we could see some strong gusts of wind, possibly peaking at 40 to 50 miles an hour at times. Uh, I think those winds are going to peak through the late morning, first part of the afternoon. Um, so turning very windy indeed. We'll see a nice bright morning. It's a very cold morning. We've seen a bit of frost around so far. Uh, Temperatures rising, there'll be some sunny spells and then things clouding over as we head through the late morning into the first part of the afternoon with some outbreaks of rain as well. That's a a cold front sinking its way down from the north. So windy, turning wet, temperatures between 6 and perhaps as high as 8 or 9 degrees, which is uh, 48 in Fahrenheit. But of course, with the wind chill, it is going to feel colder than that. Now, this uh, weather front with all the rain um, a bit later on this afternoon is actually going to drag down with it some much colder air so into tonight the winds will gradually ease down temperatures will drop below freezing we might just still see a few showers feeding in on that northwesterly wind and that could uh, lead to an ice risk for tomorrow morning with temperatures falling below freezing so watch out for some patches of ice possibly tomorrow is going to be a very cold day we'll see temperatures only at around 
between 4 and 6 degrees, I think, as a high. There'll be a lot of cloud around, some brightness and sunshine. It should stay dry and it will turn milder again for the weekend. You can find out more details on the BBC Weather website. That's Thank the forecast. you very much, Elizabeth. Roberto Peroni. We are really good at work <laughs> for one hour. I'll tell you what, if my turkey's not a big fat one for Christmas, I'm going to be very disappointed. If you've got small children or you're a small person, I dwarf, dressed as a rabbit, going to a fancy dress party, you are perfectly safe. Roberto Peroni. Bird watchers in Buckinghamshire have that a pair of falcons will breed there over winter. And we can all say, gentlemen, God bless Leighton Buzzard and that wonder bra. What an amazing invention. Weekdays from three. Good afternoon. This is BBC Three Counties Ready. I'm Roberto. Andy, uh, Anthony Stensfeld, the Police and Crime Commissioner for Thames Valley, is publicly backing a campaign against abusive teenage relationships. This is abuse campaign is being launched by the Home Office and is aimed primarily at 13 to 18-year-olds. Well, Anthony Stansfeld joins me now. Good morning, Mr Stansfeld. Can you tell me a bit more about this campaign? Well, it's been launched today, and it's aimed really at people 13 to 18-year-olds, uh, who are largely at school, but not all of them, um, and it is really designed to stop them being bullied at school to a great extent and forced into sexual relationships which they don't want. And we have a real problem, and it's been highlighted over the last few, uh, over the last week, um, that I think people are being pressurised, um, and there is a real problem of bullying in some of our schools. So is this, is this primarily in schools, or is this kind of boyfriend-girlfriend relationships as well? Well, I think it's both. I, don't, I think it's partly in schools. Um, that's obviously where they meet everybody, uh, rather more very often than uh, at home. But it also takes place at, um, you know, within f- families and uh, within, with relations and with friends at home. But there is a sort of a cult of bullying that seems to be more and more now that we have social media like Facebook and things like this. And people are being forced into relationships very often or bullied into them, which they do not want. What are you doing in the Thames Valley to combat this? Well, we're supporting it. Um, uh, we're supporting this government campaign. We give... Um, I don't actually yet um, have the budgets to deal... Um, to look after victims but uh, of this sort of thing, but it does come to me next year in October, and we are just highlighting it at the moment. And when our relationships are proved, you know, to be um, um, of underage sex and bullying into sexual relationships, we will do our very best with the police to put a stop to it. And we will support all those charities, voluntary organisations um, and such like um, as much as we possibly can. What should teenagers do who find themselves in an abusive relationship? Well, I think they should go onto the website for a start. It's www. And this is abuse, all one word dot direct dot gov dot uk and they will find um how to go and talk to somebody about it uh, on a separate note uh, anthony we, we've been sent footage of a road rage attack by milton Keynes based organization which encourages motorists to take a stand against dangerous and anti-social drivers by submitting video footage do, do you support this use of video technology in cars for this kind of thing I have to say that is the first I've actually heard of that one. Oh. Uh, so I do not know about that, but I will ask when I get into my office this morning about it. Do go and have a look. Policewitness.com is, 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 is the website, and, and drivers are encouraged to install cameras and, and film road rage or accidents. Do you, do you think that the, that the police w- would welcome this kind of assistance? Well, I think if obvious cases of road rage are filmed, then we're obviously going to do something about it. 
Um, I would have to look into it in a bit more detail. I think everybody trying to film each other in their cars is probably rather a dangerous process. Um, but we need, we, we need to think about that one. Uh, Mr Satchel, thank you very much indeed. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Go on then. Go on then. What? Fireball? Uh, just do it. No Try one's called in about it. We've mentioned it several times. No one's called in about it. And it that may w- be that I'm having some sort of problem. Possibly. That's manifesting itself with a bright light in the sky. Yeah. Okay. So go on. Just what happened? to me. Driving into work today, half past. No, just before half past four, because I, I would have been late for work. I wasn't. Tw- about 20 past four on the M1. Driving all right. Southbound. All right. Sick note, yeah. To the right. And up in the sky, I saw what looked like a ball of flame. It was Father Christmas practising! Was it the sun? No. What? It was, a complete, it was quite a clear night tonight because it's frosty. Yes. The stars were out. Yes. I saw it to the left of the motorway, above... <laughs> it, didn't hit the, it didn't hit the ground. It kind yeah. of burnt out before it hit the ground. But okay. it looked like a ball of flame. It looked oh, like a sort of okay. comet-type thing, but it, surely that goes along rather than down. Didn't Jerry Lee Lewis write a song about this? About Catherine uh, talking rubbish on the radio? <laughs> yes. <coughs> Thanks. It wasn't a shooting star, it was more fiery than right. that. So you want to know if anybody else saw, saw this vision? This. And what it might be? Well, it's certainly not an interesting filler, is it? Well, listen, I might be telling something that's going to be national news. Oh, it fo- oh, wait, the aliens may have landed. I don't think oh, they did. If they oh, were wait. trying to land, they didn't land because it burnt up. Oh eight four five nine four double meteor five meteor shower. A meteor show is what we could do with than this stuff. <laughs> did anyone else see it, or does anyone know if there's stuff going on in the heavens at the moment? <laughs> I know what I saw. <laughs> well, I don't, but uh, maybe you do. Call me now. Ian got off his chair and he's leaving the studio. Oh, good. Right, Has okay. he quit? Has he quit? It's fine. And now Catherine's leaving. So it's just me here. Oh, Catherine's run into the other studio. Catherine's presenting. Kath, there's a caller. I'll put them on for you. Bear with. Hello, three counties. Hi, morning. Tell you what, maybe better if I turn my microphone up. Uh, I'm afraid you're uh, listening to the Catherine Boyle show now. Ian Lee has uh, left the um, studio and uh, is now sulking out in the corridor because I saw something brilliant Mm. and he didn't. So if you were travelling along the M1 this morning, about 20 past four, did you see a light in the sky or was it just me? Am I having some sort of episode? Call me now, 08459 455555. How long have we got to fill this for, Kelly? Can I play a tune? You have to make your eyes stop swelling. Hi. Yeah? Are you doing Are you, the thing? Well, I'm trying to do the thing. Uh, I think I might have been on my own with the old light in the sky thing. Literally no calls. Well, uh, Kelly Betts? There was one, but it was about something else. <laughs> oh, listen, Sorry. if you've got a phone near you, just make it up. Just ring up and make it. You can't do that. Oh, it's the BBC. Five, 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 you five. can't get people to make stuff up. We've all been in trouble for that before. Oh, you do it all the time. And, well, technically, yes. Yeah. So, um, is this yours? 
It's my Vicks. At least that's what it says on the label. Ooh. Are there any phone calls, Kelly, or should I go back and save this sinking one. ship? I'm just getting one. Okay. Bear with. Um... See, it's not as easy as I make it look, oh, is it? Oh, there's a call coming in. Okay. It, well, yeah, it is. It is. It's just as easy as you make it look, because you sit back and do Robbie Williams all the time. We all know your game. You'll say, oh, call me now. And then you'll sit back, you'll get them on, like performing monkeys, turn your fader off, let them talk to each other. You've got a phone call. You've got Clary on the line. Hello, Clary. Hiya. Oh, it's so good to hear from you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Great, great. And don't you think I'm so much nicer than Ian Lee? He's so rude. I think you're the, the best thing that Three Counties has to offer, and I really don't like Ian Lee. He's a bit of a heavy breather. Yeah, he does, and he swallows an awful lot. What did you see, Clary? <laughs> what did you see? I saw a big uh, ball of fire in the sky. What time? What time? About just before 4.30, otherwise you would have been late. Probably about 25 past four, <laughs> along the M1 to the left. <sighs> See? Oh, thanks, Clary. Kelly can Bye. go back to the office now. Ke- uh, yeah, so there you go. Job done. It happened. It happened. Do you need to go to travel now? Don't know. Is it there? Was it, it 58.30? I'd hit the travel bed. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Over to Alice with the very latest. On the M40 northbound, slow from the Denham roundabout to the M25. On the M25 itself, queuing anti-clockwise between 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. The A1M southbound slows through the Stevenage junctions and also between 3 for St Albans and 2 for Wellham Green. The A5 southbound is slow in patches between Markgate and Redbourne. On public transport, Virgin trains have possible delays of up to 20 minutes and cancellations on services between Newson and Milton Keynes. We have no reports of any balls of fire on the M1, I'm afraid, though. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. You're just not looking hard enough. Thanks very much, Alice. If there's anything else she's missed other than that great ball of fire, 08459 Make sure you're safe and your hands free before you give us a ring, but we appreciate all your calls. Well, most of them. Coming up, we're talking more cobbles. Cobbles, not cobblers. And we'll also be asking you whether Ian Lee's right, that disabled people just have to accept they can't go everywhere. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines, people could have to wait longer for their state pension. Road markings in a Bedfordshire village have been changed with chalk and a company in Milton Keynes encourages people to film road rage incidents. BBC Three Counties Radio. Millions of people will have to work longer before they can collect their state pension. People now in their 40s won't receive the payment until they're 68. James Langdale reports on the plans expected to be announced by the Chancellor, George Osborne. He'll announce he's bringing forward his plans to raise the state pension age to reflect rising life expectancy. It'll rise to 66 in 2020 and 67 in 2028 as expected. But he'll say it'll now rise to 68 in the mid-2030s, a decade earlier than expected, affecting millions in their 40s or younger. The road markings on a junction in Bedfordshire have been changed by someone using a piece of chalk. 
It's at Greenfield near Flittick at a junction at the bottom of the hill of the main road through the village. The junction caused controversy some years ago when the priorities were changed as part of road calming measures. A company in Milton Keynes is encouraging motorists to take the law into their own hands by filming incidents they may come across. Policewitness.com says they can then pass on the video to the police. The former Chief Constable of Thames Valley Police, Peter Newroyd, says forces are only just getting geared up for this sort of thing. In principle, you are creating a record for yourself. The website particularly encourages you to do it to stop the some of the folk who are, who are faking crashes, which I, which I think probably is a good idea if you're in an area where that's been prevalent. Four people have been rescued from a fire in Hitchin this morning. Firefighters used ladders to get three people from the top floor of the house in Coleridge Close. A fourth person was rescued from the ground floor. Campaigners say they'll hold a vigil outside Luton Police Station every month until they get justice for Leon Briggs. The 39-year-old had been detained under the Mental Health Act but later died in hospital. Leon's friend, Terry McGrath, was at last night's vigil. The only way the police will gain any confidence in us is by bringing somebody to justice. Keeping up the pressure, we've got a vigil going, we're doing this once a month. The main thing is now is waiting for the results of you know, uh, the second autopsy. The Home Secretary is expected to question the principle of free movement between EU countries when she gives a speech in Brussels today. Theresa May will argue it shouldn't be allowed to lead to mass migration. A 16-foot Christmas tree put up to raise money for a terminally ill child has been stolen in High Wycombe. 500 pupils from the Israeli school were due to sing by the tree next week. Raj Chandarana, who put the tree up outside his shop, says he even concreted it into the ground. They dug a very deep hole. Obviously, we didn't cement it far down enough, so that's our mistake. Uh, but they, they dug it out and, um, and they've, they've taken it. In football, Wickham Wanderers drew two all against Portsmouth in League Two last night. The weather starting off bright but becoming increasingly windy with outbreaks of rain this afternoon and a high of 9 Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. If you want to change from the same old high street chains, find something a bit different, then definitely come to Hitchin. All this week in Hitchin. It's a community, and that's something that we were not used to. It's just a really diverse place to live. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Hitchin. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up between now and nine o'clock, including dash cams. uh, Cameras installed in your car. Have you done it? Why? And and what use has it been? Some wheelchair users are calling for the cobbles in Hitchin to be removed. Well, there doesn't seem to be much sympathy from many of you. Do we need to accept that people in wheelchairs just can't go everywhere? Catherine saw a fireball in the sky last night. This morning. Did you? Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Jane's in Luton. Jane, you saw that thing in the sky, did you? Yes, a week ago. What? No, t- today? No, I saw it a week ago. No, today? No. Yes? No, I didn't see it today. I saw it a week ago. It was today? 
It might have been today the one you saw, but I'm telling you I saw something like that a week ago at quarter to twelve at night. Can I just distance myself from this nonsense? I ain't seen nothing yet. So what did you see, Jane? Um, I was looking out my bedroom window, um, and... I looked up at the sky, and I, normally I can see the planes coming in. Yeah. I can see their lights from where I live. It's quite comforting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And this was no plane. Oh. This light come in and lit my street up. There was a gentleman coming in his car from up the road who stopped his car and got out and looked at the sky. Blimey. So what, what was it, Jane? It was like a huge star... And going round the star, it was all multicolours. Hang on a second. Jane, could you just do me a favour? Could you just turn your radio off? Because that might be confusing. Things. It was like... No, 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 that's not what I saw. Well, hang on. What, the, the, what I saw was like a downward comet. Like a great big firework heading downwards. But it wasn't a firework. It was massive. Yeah. And it sort of burnt out. Yeah, this just disappeared. It lit the street up. And I was quite shocked because I thought, God, I'm going crazy. Well, when I'm still that, out the window. there's still no, that possibility. No, no. I'm not crazy. No. And um, I looked at the top of the road and there was a gentleman coming down the road in his car. I do not know this man. He actually stopped his car, got out and looked up and I thought, I'm definitely not going and did crazy. He get, did he get kind of pulled up into space in a tractor beam? No, no, no. no. I couldn't sleep that night because I thought uh, the aliens were coming for me, you see. Yeah. Did, you, did you get probed that night? Oh, no, no, no. I was perfectly safe. OK, fantastic. Catherine? That sounds different from mine. I actually thought something was crashing. I oh, no, this wasn't that. It was... It was just... Um, I've never, ever seen anything like this before, and okay. I don't believe in anything like this, but I saw it, it freaked me out, and I'd love to see it again. To quote the uh, first Bill and Ted uh, movie, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. So, Jane, tell us where, where and when you saw your... Thing in the sky. I saw mine last Saturday night at quarter to twelve. Okay, oh eight four five nine four double five five zero five. Thank you, Jane and Catherine. You, when did, what was yours and when did you see yours? It was like a downward comet. Oh man! The burnt up upon entry. I prefer Jane's. I know. Well, her sounds more woo. Yeah. Mine was a bit more oh. Yeah. We're under attack. We're not. The, mine the, was the, like a meteor or something. This is official BBC line, dear listener. We are under attack. Panic. Lock your doors. Panic. No, mine didn't hit. Mine didn't hit the ground. Mine okay. just burnt up on entry. I don't know what it was. No, we, we lost one. We took one of those bad dudes out. But this is official, <laughs> OK? This is, not, this is not a line. This is not a gag or anything. This is a, the official BBC uh, news, breaking no, news. It's, it's Ian Lee's. We are under attack. Stay indoors. Stock up on food and water. Do not go anywhere. Or we're seeing things. One of those two options, is definitely. 08459 455 555. Uh, on the subject of uh, putting c- uh, cameras in cars. Mrs Moody's on the line. Good morning, Mrs Moody. Good morning. Is that your name or is that a description? Sorry? It, that's your name, Mrs Moody. Um, Maidy, M-A-I-D-I-E. Oh, Maidy, Mrs Maidy. Yes, What Maidy. would you like to Maidy say about... Moody. What would you say, uh, uh, Maidy Moody? Maidy Moody, yes. So your first name's Maidy and your last name's Moody? Yes. That's wonderful. It is, isn't it? That's absolutely wonderful, Maidy Moody. Well, Congratulations. Uh, Would you you put a camera in your car? Uh, No, not in my car. But I've got it on my uh, riding helmet. So when I ride my horse, I um, camera all these naughty motorists who do naughty tricks. What naughty tricks do they do? Yes, they either cut you up or they're coming down a a roadway, breaking the speed limit. And as soon as they see my camera, 
My oh. God, do they slow down. So what do you do with this footage, Mrs Moody? Well, if we get involved with an accident, we can then produce, give it to the police to prove that we were in the right and they were in the wrong. And, and have you ever had to hand that footage over? Not yet. No. And do you, do you sit at home with, with your friends and, and watch... Uh, this footage, Mrs. Mady Moody. Uh, yes, my, we, my, yes, you put it onto a, um, a computer and you can see it and see what what was happened. Oh, it's, an, it's amazing how you see. I it. do find it incredible when when uh, listen. Whenever I see a horse in the the countryside, you, you, everyone knows you give it. You drive slowly and you give it a wide berth, and if you're lucky, you might get a, a wave from the rider to say thank you. But you do see some idiots hurtling past horses, don't you? Y- yes, you do. Yes. Uh, Mrs. Mady Moody, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. The reason we're talking about this is because a Milton Keynes-based website is encouraging motorists to film and upload evidence of dangerous driving and road rage. Policewitness.com's homepage claims they have a proven track record of protecting innocent motorists. They're also suggesting the cameras could save you money when it comes to your insurance. Well, is it a bit sad? Or are dash cams the way forward? Emma Carr is from Big Brother Watch. Good morning, Emma. What do you think about the, these installing cameras in your cars that record everything that you see and do? Good morning. Well, as you can imagine, we're not um, hugely fond of the idea. I mean, we're, as an organisation, we're not against CCTV per se, but we think it should be used um, what it was meant for, for, for crime prevention and detection and to keep our streets safer. Now, in terms of this website, it has to be made very clear that this is a company that profits from the use of surveillance cameras. It's a membership organisation which encourages people to buy CCTV equipment from their website. And it's got an an array of priorities on there, and just one of them is uh, about reporting those who may put you at risk. So it's not really, and having read their press release, and they make a big thing of trying to protect people and protect drivers and things like that, that um, it's, it, this is only one of the very small focuses that they have, and there's nothing on their website about just how successful they are in supporting people and, and people are in terms of uh, prosecuting people. So, you know, I think I can understand why people like the idea and why uh, companies like this exist, but surveillance is becoming an incredibly uh, lucrative and profitable uh, market for a lot of companies now. That co- particular company to one side, if, if we all had cameras in our cars or, or, or cyclists wore them on their helmets, it would prevent crime, wouldn't it? If everybody knew that everybody else was, was filming the road incidents, it would cut down on road rage, surely, and it would, would solve instantly the problem of who committed, the, the, who was responsible for a crash. Well, I think having been, um, I mean, I myself have been a victim of road rage, and it was uh, when I was just a learner driver. Um, I was out for one of, one of the first times by myself, and somebody was really vicious. And I honestly don't think that, because uh, I had my dad sat in the, in the passenger seat, I don't think a CCTV camera would have done anything about it, because this guy was just rude and, and inconsiderate. And, I mean, the problem with... Uh, CCTV being on everybody is that you then get into a situation of a he said, uh, she said, and actually this isn't about this isn't about illegality. This is about kind of inconsideration, about rudeness, and a lot of the times when these things do go to court, the right outcome is is met with or without CCTV. And so, I mean, I think a lot of the time these CCTV cameras are being used as for insurance premiums and, and, and licence issues. This isn't about kind of keeping people safer. For, for insurance purposes, though, that, that 
would be good. If it, if it knocks a few quid off uh, people's insurance bills, that's got to be a bonus, hasn't it? Well, there's ways of doing that already without filming everybody else. There's, there are um, black boxes which you can put in your car which measures things like speed and things like that, and people are already using those. So there are ways of going about doing these things and, and, and like you say, uh, protecting your insurance premiums without going about recording everybody else just going about their daily business who haven't inflicted any harm on you. Emma, thanks very much. Always nice to talk to you. Uh, it's uh, um, uh, Emma Carr from Big Brother Watch. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. I've got a text from space, it says here. Boil not mad. <laughs> well, listen, when the first sentence of a text is, boil not mad, <laughs> you kind of have to wonder, these are the people that are backing you. Yeah, thanks. Boil not mad. She's... <laughs> she is one of the chosen to see them land. The chalk markings on the road, this is a very clever linking of two stories, are outlining a landing strip from our visitors from space from Miss... Antenna. Thank you. You know, of course, the classic spoof name for um, sending in texts that the presenters read out. Well, my friend Nick Taylor, this is absolutely true, my friend Nick Taylor married his girlfriend Jenny. No, 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 no. Honestly. I also know a Jenny Taylor. I know, isn't it incredible? I can't even tell you about Fiona King's brother. <laughs> Honestly, I went to school with Fiona King, her brother, a very devout Christian family. Goodness knows what their mum and dad were thinking. Her brother was called Wayne. Some people are so nice that they don't think of things like that. Unfortunately, the rest of the world does. Yep, exactly. Naughty, naughty people. 08459 455555 is the tell. You can say that on the air. I can't say that. He lives locally. Oh, (laughs) Okay. Uh, 08459-455-555 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR, or you can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the latest travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've had calls in uh, with reports of long delays between Hemel Hempstead and St Albans on Leverstock Green. That's the A4147 in both directions because of a broken down lorry. In North Watford, the A41 is queuing at the Dome Roundabout and the A5 southbound still slow in patches between Mark Yate and Redbourne. The A1M southbound slow through the Stevenage junctions and on the M25, anti-clockwise queuing between 18 for Chorley Wood and 16 for the M40. Clockwise looking heavy now around the roadworks at 23 for South Mims. And the M40 northbound still struggling from the Denham roundabout up to the M25. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. 8.16. It is Thursday the 5th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A company in Milton Keynes is encouraging people to video road incidents as evidence for the police. Millions more people would could have to wait until they're 68 to receive a state pension. And in football, it was a two-all draw for Wickham Wanderers against Portsmouth in League Two last night. The weather today starting off bright but clouding over with rain this afternoon and becoming increasingly windy. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio's Big Tour. 
coming to towns and villages across beds, hearts and bucks as we bring you the three counties like never before. It's a huge trip celebrating all that's amazing about where we live. I think it's a fabulous old town. It's got heart, it's got character. All this week in Hitchin. It's just the quaintness of the town. I just think it's a really bespoke town. If you've got a story everyone should know about, let us tell everybody about it. Send us an email to 3cr at bbc.co.uk. It's got a wonderful, youthful vibe. I think the people are really, really pleasant. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Hitchin. It's lovely. I wouldn't like to live anywhere else. Local and vocal. BBC Three Counties Radio. I remember um, my first instance where I was going to be having a proper snog with a girl. Oh. It was second proper snog. Uh, first one was at 15, this was at 17. And we were watching... Uh, I was a romantic. We were watching the Beatles movie Help. And uh, there, was, there was a chance there was going to be some snogging. Right. And um, my stomach was making all kinds of little gurgles and bubbles and all kinds of noises. It was awful. It's terrible, isn't it? It was. I mean, the, oh, it's, it was awful. So we're, we're talking off air about our stomachs rumbling. Yes. Both a bit peckish this morning. Uh, and, and as I get older, mine makes more noise. Mine, and I was saying mine has always been particularly noisy and unpleasant. Sometimes it's, uh, it's, you know, it's really quite an unpleasant noise that my stomach will make. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's almost like you can hear everything all... Gurgitating. What kind of noise is it? Which I can't. I can't even begin to. Uh, well, one of my favourite things you've ever done on your show, and <laughs> you'll hate me for this. You'll think of all all of the hard work and stories <laughs> I put into it. My favourite things was when you were talking about the steam mop. Right. And what was great was every time you recap that story, you'd play that clip. What it would go. Pop, 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 pop. But we, uh, we, we, I was, I was at some uh, some meeting yeah. in a studio somewhere. And you know, studios are generally very quiet, aren't they? Soundproof. Yeah. Yeah. So any kind of noises do do they're very emphasised. And there were about thirty people in this room, mm. and we were all standing there having a quiet conversation. And all of a sudden, my stomach started going. <laughs> and there goes everybody. <laughs> you stand there, kind of trying to change position so it stops making the noise. And did you? Do you admit it's you? Do you go? Oh, well, in the end, I had to. I said, "I'm so sorry. I'm starving, hungry. It was disgusting. It really it was terrible. I, I, I hate bodies. I know, aren't they weird? They're awful, awful things. They are. Very, very unattractive when you think about them. Yes, very unpleasant. They are. Anyway, what's on your show this morning? Coming up this morning on the big phone, and I'm picking up on this uh, pension and retirement oh, age yes. of 68. I'm asking, is it fair to make people work until they're 68? George Osborne will announce this morning that from 2030, people will have to work until they are 68. And this could rise to 69 by 2040. A government source has told the BBC this is the only way they can continue to offer people decent state pensions. The move will affect people who are currently aged 40 and below. But I want to hear from you today. Do you think it's reasonable to make people work until they're 68? Is 68, frankly, too old to have people still in the workplace? Do you think by 68, to be frank, you're tired? You've not got the energy to come into work? I'll, I'll tell you a story, mm. Liam. I'm not going to say who it is. But I know somebody who is retired now. Uh, but when she was working, she said in the last couple of years of her her working life, mm. she would get so tired that she would lock the office door and she'd have a little nap in the oh, afternoon. Fantastic. She had uh, she brought a pillow in oh. and she'd keep that in the desk. 
and she'd just kind of relax back in her chair with the office door locked yeah. and she'd have a, a, a couple of hours kip in the afternoon. She did that for the last couple of years of her working life because she said, I was tired, yeah. literally couldn't wait to retire. Well, she retired at 60. Mm. So imagine what it's like if we're going to make people work until they're 68 or even 69. Is it too old? Or perhaps you think, no, come off it. People mm. at 68, 69, it's no age now. You've got plenty of energy. You can carry on until then. Do you intend to carry on working till you're 68 or 69? Uh, well, we were saying again, we don't really have a proper job, do we? We're not out there building walls and digging holes. So uh, could I sit in a comfortable studio and do three hours work a day until I'm 69? Yeah, probably, probably. I think unless you're Jimmy Young, generally you'll be bumped off won't you? I mean, this kind of industry, you will be bumped off. Yes, yes. You know, there's very few Sorry. people who end up uh, at that age still on the radio. Yeah. Can you imagine me still doing the big phone-in at 69? I wouldn't even remember the phone number. <laughs> be, you would be even more crotchety than you are now. Exactly. I, yeah, I, but I just wonder whether... Are we going to have to diversify? Are we going to have to try and find something else to do at that age? Uh, it, it is a worrying thought, and you've really... Uh, I know, they, they'll manage us out. Depress me now. We'll be managed out. Sorry about that. Well, from nine, on the big phone-in, is it fair to make people work till they're 68? Gosh. Any good at DIY? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. You're right. I'm, I'm hoping that my, my children will become millionaires and will look after me in my old age. That's the plan. Um, oh, the, the great, f- great fire in sky. Me see great fire in sky. Oh, f- great fire in sky. What is it? What is great fire in sky? You're all right. I, I'm, do- I'm not doing any particular race before anybody gets offended. I'm just no, doing- he's doing me, apparently. I'm, I'm doing Catherine in the olden days. Me see great fire in sky. I I'm did see. Northern. Yeah. Oh, oh, I can't do a northern accent. No, you can't. Thanks, Sir. I go to foot of our stairs. I saw great fire into the sky. It was terrifying. I think it was God getting angry with us. You're really straining. I can see all the veins in your neck. That's why they're so angry up north, because it's (laughs) hard work speaking like that. That's why there's so much violence. Uh, (laughs) Well, I read the newspapers. Robertson Harpenden, you saw it. I didn't see it. I seen oh. something like it a couple of years ago. Oh. <laughs> it was today. <laughs> uh, no, no, I didn't see it today. But I mean, the Earth is always getting hit by, by small meters, isn't they? Really, if you think about it, you look at the moon. How many craters you got on the moon? Six. Six. I don't know. I've never been there, Robert. No, no. I mean, I mean you've only got to look for a pair, a pair of binoculars, isn't you? Really, if you see all the craters up there. Yeah. Well, I mean, so with all the all the impacts that are on the moon, and plus the the, the occasional, you know. Flames come, from, you know, the old meter shower we have. It's going to be one or two's going to be streaking through the sky, isn't it? But what I'm saying is, I've seen the orange orbs in the sky many years ago. They always appear over in the midnight and they're in a the stationary orbit, not Chinese lanterns or anything like orange that. Orange orbs? Yeah. <laughs> what is great, can I just say, going off on a complete tangent and addressing something we were speaking about earlier, you and Catherine are just, you're opposite ends of the country. You speak properly, Robert, and Catherine yeah. speaks silly. <laughs> Because you're, t- you're in it, I-, I saw orange orbs in the sky in it, and Catherine's like, yeah, good, see, foot of our stairs, our kid. Play that, Rachel. It's, it's pretty accurate. Uh, Robert, well, so you, 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 you think Catherine saw just a fireball? She saw something. She could have been in a, um, a little meteor 
we'll just go straight into the ground like anything else. That's all it possibly could be. OK, well, so Robert, thank you very much indeed. I think it was probably miles and miles away and burnt up on impact. That was what I would imagine it would look like because okay. it, it just went... 20 seconds. It didn't make that noise. I don't know what noise it made. I was in my car, but it went... You should see the, 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 the motion she's making with her fist. Gosh, I'm glad I rephrased that quickly in my head. In 20 seconds, where and when did you see it? About half past... Well, about 20 past four. Yes. M1, I was going southbound, okay. looked to my right. Yes, we've got an important story. We've got a guest lined up, so just speed up a and little I bit. And I saw what looked like, well, if you imagine a oh. comet, but heading downwards and then disappearing as if it burnt out. Oh, wait, 459 Now, wheelchair users uh, in Hitchin are calling on the council to remove the cobbles in the town centre and replace them with flat paving. They say some areas, like the high street, are not at all disabled-friendly and the cobbles make getting around difficult. Uh, difficult. Well, in a place called Beverly, near Hull, there was a campaign to save the cobbles from being removed. Sorry, Catherine? Finally, someone who speaks properly. <laughs> Mike Hildyard is the vice-chairman of the Beverly Society. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Why was it so important for you to save the cobbles from being removed? Well, first of all, they weren't cobbles. They were brick sets, uh, granite sets, which um, were the same shape as a brick, but made of granite. And they were laid on the line of the uh, old trunk road and had been there for hundreds of years. Uh, they weren't maintained, and uh, they were proving a bit difficult for the a bit difficult for the disabled. But uh, the local council, for health and safety reasons, I think, in, in relation to some comments from the disabled, decided to remove them and replace them with concrete bricks. Oh. Um, the civic society were invited to meetings, but there was no way that we could get them to uh, look at the urban design aspects of this in the historical context, and uh, we appear to have lost. But then there were about four or 500 people marched uh, through the town, and eventually uh, the council decided to actually uh, repair the sets and retain them. So a successful they're campaign. Cold. They're actually... Okay. Flat-looking granite brick. Okay. I, I imagine that the wheelchair users weren't particularly happy that you were successful. Well, funnily enough, um, as I say, if the sets had been levelled properly, and they're levelled by putting, like, a bitumen filler between the brick joints to level them off, um, they were quite able to get across there. But it was decided that, um, you know they would be relayed and flat surfaces provided okay. here and there to allow the disabled to cross. But the, the whole point about it is, is the consultation that everybody who has an interest in the square, um, you know, normally would have been consulted and round the table so that they had each other's views because the historic context and the uniqueness of these places uh, is important and everybody should hear the debate about all the various aspects. What would you say to the uh, uh, wheelchair users of Hitchin who want to have uh, their cobbles removed? Well, I would say that there should be uh, a round-the-table discussion about, you know, how important uh, is the historic character. It's perfectly feasible to have um, flat areas created across the cobbles. I mean, I don't know Hitchin, I don't know the circulation or anything, but... I would think that um, if there's a proper debate with all the interested parties, I mean, after all, whilst it's got to be safe for the disabled, which can be achieved, 
there are a lot of other aspects, such as the historic character and uh, mm. urban design aspects, that need to be high, high up in the priority, because each individual place in, in the country is unique, and we should try and preserve these characteristics. Mike, con- congratulations on your success, and thanks very much for joining us. Mike Hildyard, the Vice Chairman of the Beverly Society. What do you think? Do, do people in wheelchairs just need to accept that they can't go everywhere? 08459 555 555. Uh, lots of uh, comments on Facebook. Victoria's picking these at random. Victoria says, The cobbles and hitching are what makes it have that old town feel. Isn't there flat concrete surrounding the square already? I don't think it can happen, otherwise places like Covent Garden would have to be completely flat. I think, says Rob, old places, deal with it. New places need, need to accommodate. When was the last time a wheelchair user crossed the road in Corrie? Joe says, there's plenty of other places to go shopping other than Hitchin. Um, and just scanning down one more. Grace says, good, uh, good afternoon. Sorry. I see nothing wrong with not allowing disabled people everywhere. There are some places disabled people are not supposed to go. Wouldn't they be peaceful and comfortable places designed for them? I myself don't fit in any category, disabled or usual. But I do know I'm expected to spend most time indoor. Thank you. There are some places disabled people are not supposed to go. Says Grace on Facebook. If you are a wheelchair user or a disabled person, when you hear something like that, how does that make you feel? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Halton Conquest, Chapel End Road is closed in both directions because of a tanker fire between the A6 and Broadway. We've also had calls in with reports of long delays between Hemel Hempstead and St Albans on Leverstock Green. That's the A4147, affecting both directions there because of a broken down lorry. In Sawbridgeworth, the A1184 Harlow Road has reopened now in both directions. That was between Redricks Lane and Hand Lane. The A1M southbound is slow through the Stevenage junctions and the M25 anti-clockwise queuing between 18 for Chorleywood and 16. Also looking heavy clockwise around the roadworks at 23 for South Mims. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Ganties Radio. Alice, thanks very much. Uh, keep listening, because after the news, I've just been sent an email from Steve Prince. I thought it was ironic to start with. It isn't, I don't think. He's got some quite strong views on wheelchair users. If you know somebody who's in a wheelchair, make sure they're listening to the next few minutes of the show. 8.31, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the news and sport now. Here's Jane. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, I'm Jane Killick. The Chancellor's expected to tell millions of people they'll have to wait longer before they can claim a state pension. George Osborne's expected to use his autumn statement to say the retirement age will be raised for those in their 40s or younger. The road markings on a junction in Bedfordshire have been changed by someone using a piece of chalk. It's at Greenfield near Flittick at a junction at the bottom of the hill on the main road through the village. People who use wheelchairs in Hitchin are calling for cobbles to be removed from the town centre and replaced with flat paving. They say some areas like the high street aren't disabled friendly and it's making getting around difficult. The weather, a windy day, starting bright and breezy with showers this afternoon and a high of 9 Celsius. Under sport and in cricket, the second Ashes Test has reached close of play in Adelaide with Australia on 273 for 5.
In football, in League Two, Wickham picked up a point on the road as they drew two all against Portsmouth last night. Matt McClure and Anthony Stewart scored for the chairboys. Wickham manager Gareth Ainsworth had mixed thoughts on the performance and result. I'm elated that we got the draw, but I'm I'm uh, I'm angry that we played like we did second half. You know, we we bossed the first half after the first five ten minutes when it was end to end high ball. Once the ball came on the floor in the first half, I thought we had the better of the play. And, uh, and deservedly went in front. We could have had a couple more, uh, and there wasn't much reply from Portsmouth, you know. And then at half time, obviously they made the change. I thought David Connolly was superb for them tonight, um, and they they camped out in our second in, in our half second half. Last night in the Premier League, Arsenal were two nil winners at home to Hull. Liverpool thrashed Norwich five one. Chelsea won four three away to Sunderland. Man United lost one nil at home to Everton, and Manchester City won three two away against West Brom. In horse racing, a steward's inquiry into an apparent altercation in the riders' changing room at Newbury on Friday will resume at Wincanton today. Jockeys Timmy Murphy, who suffered the recurrence of a shoulder injury following the incident, and Dominic Ellsworth are both expected to attend. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay, I'll read the email in a second that Steve Prince has sent me about wheelchair users. You might be shocked by his views. But before that, on uh, Facebook, a couple of comments on what Catherine Boyle claims to have seen. I don't claim, I've seen it. Sean says, Catherine Boyle involved in fireball time travel shocker. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Steve says, these ladies are seeing the reflection of the motorway lights on their windscreens. Catches me out sometimes, and I'm intelligent. Wow. So, no, but wow. You, yeah, you sure? I checked. Where and when did you see this thing? I saw it at 4.22-ish yep. this morning. Yep. The sky was clear. I wasn't looking directly at it, but I saw it because I thought something was crashing out of the sky. Yeah. And it looked like a burning ball. Okay. Imagine a comet, if you will. <laughs> now point it towards the Earth and let it burn up before it hits it. Let me, I'm going to read you an email, OK? This is about something different. This is about the, the, the um, uh, what do they call it, cobbles in Hitchin. Oh, no, that's the wrong email. I don't want to read that one. That's, uh, hang on a second. Uh, it's from Steve Prince. I thought this was ironic when I first read it, but I've read you it several times. It? I think he means it. So some wheelchair users in Hitchin are calling for the cobbles to be removed, the historic cob- cobbles, and uh, it, the, the road to be paved so it's easier for them to travel on. Steve says, Ian, these selfish wheelchair users should be sent overseas to appreciate just how well their needs are accommodated in the UK. Regards, Steve. Right. Now, he has a point, because the, the, some of the country... New York, I found terrible... When I took my mum in a wheelchair, New York was terribly uh, the, the, the accommodating. For, the people were great, but the buildings were awful for a wheelchair. And, and, and some, of, you know, some of the European countries are terrible. Greece is awful, but... These selfish wheelchair users should be sent overseas to appreciate just how well their needs are accommodated in the UK. It's the word selfish, isn't it? Is it selfish to want to go where you want to go where yeah. everyone else can and you're a grown person? Let's put it out there. 08459 455 555. These wheelchair users... And I am, it's interesting how little sympathy there is for these wheelchair users who want the streets, uh, the cobbled streets to be paved. Are they selfish? Are they selfish wheelchair users? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Um, Melvin Bragg has called the show. Good morning, Melvin. 
Good morning, Ian. Now, Melvin, you, norm- you I'm very well, thank you. You normally only call up to pick us on a, on a tiny pedantic thing that we may or may not have got wrong. What is it today? Oh, I've got a, I've got a whole list, Ian. You, you, you really got to move on from that station. You're far too professional to be working there. It's appalling. I mean, if you look at, we'll start with Catherine coughing and spluttering all over the studio. Deary me spreading germs, being unprofessional, and being rude. You've got young Kelly <clears throat> with the angelic voice who seems to giggle her way through. You know, she's still in denial over the um, character that she played in the... It was Gretel. Music ...last week. The, oh, uh, Melvin, officially, officially you were wrong on that. It wasn't Gretchen, it was Gretel. She, she resorts to phoning in, pretending to be somebody else. And then on the sports... I mean, we had Basil last week. This week we had Martin Jong. Thankfully, you, you said the right word, Jong. On Tuesday morning, she said that St Albans had won an FA Trophy game and they would play the winner of the uh, Cambridge Berry game in the next round. Melvin, totally, ca- different ca- comp- Melvin, totally different competition. Melvin, Catherine would like to have a word with you. Melvin, this isn't really about our yeah. output, is it? Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Catherine. Now, much as I respect your opinion, I think there's something else going on here, isn't there? Well, I just... Um, Is I, this really I, about I, Gretchen? Hi, Dave, it's Kelly from Kelly. Well, I just, I just love listening to Kelly's voice. I know you do, but all this criticism, I mean, even to Kelly, you did criticise her a tiny, tiny bit there, and I know you love her. Is it because you got Gretchen wrong? No, no, I still maintain I was correct on that. <laughs> But nobody else maintains that, Melvin. The oh, movie no. doesn't maintain that. We, we had oh, someone play a clip of the film. That's easy for you to say, Ian. <laughs> because I, it's true. I know I'm right on that one. Anyway, moving on, you've really got to get on a more professional stage. <laughs> yeah. no, listen, nowhere else will have me, Melvin. Uh, I'm sure they would. And JVS is the same. Oh, go on. Can I, can I tell you a little one? He was on Radio 5 the other night. Oh, yes. Working till the early hours, and he was still back at 3CR the next morning. He's hardcore. And he came up with the funniest thing that I've ever heard. He said that one of his guests was an expert on sleep deprivation. And then he said, and you like this, okay. I just hope he manages to stay awake. How I laughed. Melvin, thank you very much indeed for that. 08459. Four double five five double five. That can go in the the podcast. I think that was um, very very nice there, but it was definitely Gretel in the sound of music, not Gretchen. Dave's in Lilybottom. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Dave. What would you like to say about cobbles? Well, yeah, you're talking about the historic cobbles uh, in Hitchin Marketplace. Um, they they are so historic. They're only about fifteen or sixteen years old. Oh, are they? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it was around about. 15, 16 years ago when uh, uh, the council house sales, the, the, the money from that was given back as a, a windfall uh, to North Arts District Council, but it could only be used for community use. And the decision was taken to change the greasy, smoky old uh, car park that was Hitchin Marketplace into something uh, quite splendid as it is now for community use. Um, we did have... Uh, uh, problems at the time, and it, I mean, it was uh, not 
universally accepted as a, a good way of spending the money. However, some street Bucklesbury and Marketplace was uh, uh, proceeded with about a half a million pounds or something like that, I think it cost in those days. Um, the first thing that we realised, of course, was that the, uh, the disabled bays, the parking bays, were cobbled. Um, and, of course, you know, to get out of a car onto cobbles um, and get a wheelchair wasn't a very good idea. So we attended to that. Um, but, I mean, historically, uh, those cobbles were, in fact, a, a tarmac to greasy old smoky car park. Dave, how do you know so much about this? I'm a district councillor. Ah, I see. So you have the inside gen on this. OK, well, thank you very much for clearing that up. So what do you think the best solution would be then? Do, do, do we rip them up and, and, and take it back to the historic non-cobbled streets? Let me tell you that uh, if anybody took the time to go and have a look, they will see that there are paved areas going, uh, I think it's diagonally across. Um, so there is access across Hitchin Marketplace for disabled uh, wheelchair users. Dave, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much indeed. On the subject of uh, what Catherine may or indeed may not have seen in the sky this morning, Trevor's in Bletchley. Trevor, good morning. Good morning. Trevor, what would you like to say? Um... I, I can only say I, uh, I normally go up the garden every evening and make sure I've locked the garage Good and things like that. Yes. And on my way up there, I notice this big red, orangey reddishish light to the south. Oh. Uh, obviously, a good way away. But I, I watched it for a while, and I was trying to make out what earth it was. And um, all of a sudden, it, it moved slightly to the left, to my left, and then disappeared completely. Oh. Uh, and um, it wasn't until this morning I heard, listening to the radio, because I have it on every day. Good for you. Uh, um, listening to all these people phone in, I thought, well, that was a funny thing I saw as well, then. So the thing you saw, what time of night did you see it, Trevor? It was uh, around about 2300. Well, 11 o'clock, if you want. <laughs> it, what, it, so 160 years from now. Oh, t- 11, sorry, 24 hour clock, 2300, 11 o'clock. Yes, got you. Uh, and did it, it, it sells you a description that it had, it was being, dare I say it, controlled. It, well, it, it, it appeared to be hovering, to be honest. Uh, that's what I thought. And I thought it might be a helicopter or something. But then I thought, no, it wouldn't have a big red, it was too big, too big and it was a long way away. Yeah. So obviously it was quite a size, but I, I wouldn't say it, it had flames or anything like that. It was just a big orange-reddish sort of light in the sky, a long way away. Now, listen, some other presenters would be laughing at you, but I have seen something in the sky myself a few years ago that I cannot explain, and it looked like it was an intelligently controlled ship. So, listen, I'm completely on your side here, uh, 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 Trevor. Did you mention it to anyone? Uh, Well, no, because I'm... 81, I live by myself. Ah, well, I'm, I'm glad you felt you could give me a call this morning and, and let me know. Do give me a call if you spot any more things, won't you? Of course I will, yes. Trevor, excellent stuff indeed. Thank you very much indeed. Wasn't that great? Trevor's living on his own. That's not the great part. The great part is he feels he can call me up and let me know what he's seen. Turns out lots of you have seen lots of things in the sky. A few years ago, I would have laughed at Trevor and said, jog on, mate. But a couple of years ago, my wife and I saw something in the sky. We saw something that was that was looked like it was being intelligently controlled. But Catherine, you didn't see something that was intelligently no, controlled. No, it was falling. It was like a 
downward comet. No one else has seen what yours is. I, I'm agreeing with Steve. It was probably like just the lights reflecting there in There were loads of people on the M1 this morning. They must have seen it, but they're all off somewhere else. And they're all having similar conversations where people are taking the mickey. Oh. And I know it sounds bonkers, but it's what I saw. Clary saw it, didn't she? The caller that we had earlier. Clary did, yeah. did see it, yeah. yes. yes. Yeah. Where's Clary from? Leighton Buzzard. Oh, you know that. Yeah. You're very good with memories. She's 61. Is she? She's cleaner. Like 19. No, she's 61. She's just got a very youthful voice. Youthful. Youthful. Lovely. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. Did anybody on the M1 see what Catherine Boyle saw this morning? Or have you all be, are you all too busy getting probed by aliens in spotless metallic laboratories five miles above the Earth? Because that's what they do, these aliens. Oh, that's why we don't want them coming over here, probing us. No, thank you. Stick to your own planet and do that, please. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. 08459 555. Oh, quick text from Phil. We were talking yesterday about uh, Gary Glitter's A Rock and Roll Christmas. What would you do if it played at the Christmas party? Well, Phil was going to his Christmas party yesterday. He told us he'd monitor it. Phil says, I know you're all waiting with bated breath to find out if Rock and Roll Christmas was played at the Christmas lunch I went to yesterday. It wasn't. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Halton Conquest, Chapel End Road is closed in both directions because of a tanker fire between the A6 and Broadway. There are long delays between Hemel Hempstead and St Albans on Leverstock Greenway. The A4147 in both directions that's affecting because of a broken down lorry. The M25 anti-clockwise has severe delays from Junction 29 for Romford back to 24 for Potter's Bar. It's taking about an hour and a half to get through that stretch. Also queues between 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. And clockwise, things are heavy around the roadworks at Junction 23 for South Mims. Public transport, the Metropolitan Line has service suspended between Baker Street and Aldgate with minor delays on the rest of the line. And Virgin Trains have possible cancellations and delays of up to 20 minutes between Milton Keynes and Euston. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. 8.46, Thursday the 5th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Chancellor is expected to tell millions of people they'll have to wait longer before they can claim a state pension. The road markings on a junction in Bedfordshire have been changed by someone using a piece of chalk. In cricket, the second Ashes test has reached close of play in Adelaide with Australia 273 for five. Well done, them. Coming up, what have you seen in the sky? Is Catherine Boyle nuts? All this and more. But before that, here's the weather with Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. It's been a rather chilly start. It is going to turn rather windy a bit later on today. We've got a Met Office weather warning out specifically for northern areas of the three counties. As we head into the afternoon, that's when the winds are going to peak, so we could be looking at some very strong gusts of wind indeed. Um, Elsewhere, the winds are going to be lighter a little bit further south, um, but still quite blustery through today. Things will cloud over through the morning. We'll probably see some outbreaks of rain as we head into the afternoon. That will be sinking its way southwards, dragging behind it some much colder air. 
But top temperatures today up to around 8 degrees, perhaps 9, 48 in Fahrenheit. Not too chilly, but of course you've got to factor in the wind chill as well. It's not exactly as the air temperatures would suggest. Overnight tonight it is going to be a cold one, mostly dry, the winds easing down. Perhaps a few showers. Uh, where we do get the showers, there will be some patches of ice perhaps into tomorrow morning because it is going to be very cold. A widespread frost temperatures below freezing tonight. And then into tomorrow, a cold day, but a dry day. Some spells of sunshine, perhaps a lot of cloud. Temperatures only up to five or six degrees. So feeling really very chilly, but things will get milder in time for the weekend. That's the forecast. Every weekday morning from nine. That's ghastly. It's absolutely disgraceful. Don't talk about morals because he doesn't care about the man in the street. The biggest local talking points. I found out a couple of hours later it was a murder. Over the phone they phoned me up and told me. I don't know why you're pissing on that man. The JDS Show. I feel it's out of place in this country. Let me be really frankly honest with you. Local government and government are doing a good job here. I never call in but I feel so passionate about this topic. The JDS Show. Weekdays from 9, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay, so Catherine Boyle claims she saw a thing in the sky this morning. Now, we're all taking it with a huge pinch of salt here and we're indulging her because she's a nice lady, you know, and uh, we like to be nice to nice people. Lily's in Elstow. Good morning, Lily. Morning. Did you see this thing? I, yes, I did. I saw it this morning about quarter to four. Okay. And um, Wally Webb mentioned it Monday morning. It's the first thing he said oh. at four o'clock, well, just after the news. Oh, go on. And said that um, anyone that's up, just get outside now and you'll see the comet and you'll see it from today until the 17th of January. And um, and I saw it this morning, but I didn't get a very good view because there's rather a lot of trees in my garden. Ah. But... Um, Oh, so, Wally, for, for those who don't know, Wally, Wally Webb does the show before me uh, uh, on that's this right, that's station. Why I, I thought perhaps you'd hear him. No, I, I, I missed it. I missed it this morning. Yeah. Um, no, this was Monday. Oh, was it Monday? I was yes. listening on Monday as well. I was just, oh, I, I, that's I, right, yes. Anyway, that's, she's not as nuts as you think she is. She's still quite nuts, though. No, she's not. She's a lovely girl. I have met her. Oh. Well, under what circumstances? Well, she opened a sale some years ago, and I was there. She opened a what? A fair? A sale. A fail? Yes, a fail. It sale. Was, she will remember. It was for a girl that was going to India, I think it was India, or somewhere abroad, um, a poor country anyway, to work with these children, painting the, their um, places up for them. Well, let's was ask it, her. Do you remember a, that, Catherine? Was it a bunch of school children? No, it was it was at Copal. Copal? Yes, and it was a, a, a gathering that, that um, this girl went to... From uh, Bidnam School. Yes! You because, remember? Yes, because... And I sat at the table with you and your mother and somebody come and presented you with a bunch of flowers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you poor thing sitting next did, to my mother. Did you used to be somebody, Catherine? Yeah, once upon a time. Really? Yeah. Oh. She and she's very nice, so please treat her with... Care. Okay, I, I, I will, I will <laughs> handle... I will, <laughs> <laughs> Lily, thank you very much indeed. There you go, you see. 08459 455 555. Well, to get to the inside gen on this, we thought we would uh, attempt to get to a professional, nay, an expert on the line. So we've got, a, well, a very famous British astronomer. Uh, it's Heather Cooper. Good morning, Heather. Good morning, Ian. Heather, now, look, are there meteors and comets around at the moment? Is it the season for them? It's uh, the, the, the season 
seasons vary. Okay. Uh, next week's going to be a good one. Um, December the 13th, uh, 14th, 15th. Um, you're going to see some pretty good ones. What I reckon that Catherine saw and the and Lily on the line saw was not a comet. Ah. Um, comets don't streak across the sky. You've got this idea, you know, with the thing with a ruddy great tail, it goes wee across the sky. Um, it would be a meteor. Ah. It, and uh, these are actually fragments left over by comets. I mean, comets are actually sort of, they're what are the astronomers call dirty snowballs. They're made of a combination of ice and sort of dusty bits. And the dusty bits kind of, it's like your wheelbarrow. The, 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 the soil sort of drips behind. And these bits actually come into the, the Earth's atmosphere at a height of about 100 kilometres and they're travelling so fast they burn up and when they burn up at about 60 k's um, they leave a streak of light behind them and what I reckon was happening last night or this, early this morning or early water, whenever it was um, is that it, we, we did have some clear skies and people saw these, these things burning up in the Earth, Earth's atmosphere, and are they very common? Yeah, I mean, well, every every um, every few times a year, the Earth's orbit crosses the orbit of a sort of decaying comet. Oh. So there's bits left over. So you you've got the the bits from the wheelbarrow that enter the Earth's atmosphere. The best ones you see are around about mid-August. In fact, everybody says to us, um, "Well, you know, when we when we go on holiday, we see loads of of shooting stars." Yeah. And and we say, ah, you go on holiday in August, don't you? Ah, yes. And they say, yes, and, and that's the reason why. Oh, isn't that interesting? Because, yes, I've often thought that. We go, we go on holiday in August, we go and sit on a Greek beach in the middle of the night and we watch the shooting stars. It's uh, wonderful. I'll join you. You're, you're, listen, you're more than <laughs> welcome true. to. But that, that's, that's because we, we cross the, the stream of um, a comet called um, Swift-Tuttle. Um, and they're called the Persian meteors. Now, come on, who names these things? Swift, Tuttle and Persian? These are official names. Wowzers. Done by the International Astronomical Union over in Boston. They sound like a fun lot. It's amazing, isn't it? You know, you know on the internet, so I'm just going to go for a slight tangent, you know you can, like, buy a star and have, oh, your, you na- and have your name on it. Does that really work? Uh, that doesn't work. Oh. That, 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 that is actually wrong. Oh. But, but I have to tell you that officially... Um, I have an asteroid named after me. Oh, fantastic! By, by the International Astronomical Union, um, it's called um, it's called Heather. Um, and it's number three nine two two, and f- for uh, my best friend Nigel, Nigel Henvest, who yes. I write with, who's about to be an astronaut, by the way. <laughs> well, hang on a second. <laughs> I know this is getting. You're throwing warm. so many cool things at me. You've got an asteroid named after you. You've got a friend who's going to be an astronaut. Yes, wow! And and he's he's got a, a, an even higher up asteroid than. Me, he's got three seven nine five. Wow! And uh, the <clears throat> the head of the the naming committee said, in the interests of sibling rivalry, because he knew that Nigel and I were not an item; we were two two good pals. He yes. said, "I'm going to give Nigel an asteroid that's higher up the list." But let me get back to asteroids again. Yes. Um, next week, um, and it won't be all that good, unfortunately, because moonlight's going to be intervening on the. 13th, 14th, um, we're going to have the Geminids meteor shell. They're named after the reason why they appear to emanate from a certain place in the sky, and you name them after the constellation. Um, And this particular shower is called by debris from... uh, And actually, it's it's an asteroid called Phyton. And Phyton is quite solid, so the, the bits that 
come into the atmosphere are quite big and chunky and everything like that. But unfortunately, the moon is getting quite close to full, mm. so it's not going to be as good as it could be. It's got to—it's got to be the dream for 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 you lot to 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 go up into space, hasn't it? Well, it, it, yeah. I mean, it has been for Nigel. I mean, he's 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 paid for his ticket on Virgin Galactic. That's like a hundred thousand pounds or something. Yes, isn't it? it is. <laughs> but uh, he realised he's put his uh, shareholding from the production company we founded. Yeah. Um, so he's wonderful. Up, he's very brave. In fact, what he did um, two weeks ago, he went up on the. He was in California, and he went up on the the so-called vomit comet. Oh, I couldn't do that. I oh, couldn't he do did that. It. And and he he was brilliant. And I've I, we got some fantastic pictures of him, literally just floating across the cabin. They put you in moon gravity at first. You levitate slightly. Mm. Then you put they they put you um, and then they they put you in Mars gravity first, moon gravity second, and then you actually are zero g. Wow! And it takes these plunges and and he he did fifteen of them, and he <laughs> wasn't sick at all. He just managed to graze his head, um, and in fact, somebody said, "There's blood in the cabin," and uh, fortunately, he was sitting next to um, a qualified doctor. Oh, there you go. Who went and uh, put some stuff over his head? Is there a doctor on this spaceship? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there would have. I must admit, actually, um, I think there would have to be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, you know, and when you're thinking about um, human flights to Mars, which you know are being seriously dis- discussed at the moment, I mean, that's going to be, oh, a long flight. Um, it's going to be nine months getting there, eighteen months on the surface, nine months getting back. You, you're going to need yeah. need a doctor. So, uh, doctors all, you know, think about going into space. Heather, I, listen, thank you so much for coming on. I could talk to you all morning. We'll get you on again at some point if you don't mind. I'm absolutely fantastic, Heather Cooper. Isn't she wonderful? She, she knows her onions, doesn't she? I could talk to her for ages. But I want to squeeze in Pauline and stop soon before JVS. Pauline, what would you like to say? Um, it's about the lights in the sky. Yes. Um, there was something mentioned about it on the television after the weather forecast. Ah. Um, about a week, fortnight ago. Um, and they said that it's going to carry on for at least a month. Oh, fantastic. So, well, I'm going to keep my eyes and, and ears open. So am I, and I hope there's little green men in them, whatever oh, they are. <laughs> wouldn't that be good? If you, if you, Pauline, if, if a little green man knocked on your door and said, right, Pauline, I want you to come with us to another planet, but you can never, ever come back to Earth, would you go with them? Oh, no. No, really? No. Chance of a lifetime. Yes, but you'd miss all your family and grandchildren and... Oh, oh yeah. no. I mean, if I didn't have any family and I was on my own, yes, I'd go. Pauline, thank you very much indeed. Catherine, it looks like I owe an apology. Yeah, again. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give you one, the apology, Yeah. but I owe you one. You wait. When you see one, you come in excited. I'll try not to rain on your parade because I understand. Thank you very much indeed to everyone who took part. Uh, I'm still getting over speaking to Heather Cooper. She was fast. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm getting more into space because my boys love it. My boys love space and rockets and the, the planets and all of those things. Anyway, right, it's coming towards the end of the show, approaching 8.59. Let's get the latest travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1 southbound is partially blocked between St Neots and the Black Cat roundabout because a car's broken down. There's congestion there to the Kim Bolton turn-off. In Halton Conquest, Chapel End Road still closed in both directions because of a tanker fire between the A6 and Broadway. 
Long delays still between Hemel Hempstead and St Albans on Leverstock Greenway. That's the A4147, affecting both directions there after a lorry broke down. Big problems on the M25 anti-clockwise. There are severe delays from 29 for Romford up to 24 for Potter's Bar, which is taking an hour and a half to get through. Public transport Metropolitan Line has service suspended between Baker Street and Aldgate with minor delays on the rest of the line. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Ian, I'm on the A1M near Stevenage. I've just seen a big sausage-shaped object in the sky. It seemed to have fire-coloured writing on the side and was getting lower and lower. Wow, scary. That's an email. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday, it's nine o'clock, and on today's big phone-in... Is it fair to make people work until they're 68? George Osborne.